You got it locked on Rodeo Radio. Hey, Tony, drop that. What, please? I bet. Dr. Dre in the place to be. Co rocking shit with my homeboy Steve. At the Rodeo. Get stupid, son. Yo. Don't think that you can get none of Trey, the motherfucking doctor, the bitch hopper, the sucker motherfucker stopper. I'm fucked up, so don't mind what I'm saying. I'm just kicking it with Steve, Tony, A, and Susan. Yo, we can choose it. Don't shit to put in a mix. Know what I'm saying? We kick shit like and and that's a fact. And if your shit ain't in a mix, you know it's swag. And that ain't no bullshit. Kicking facts on a serious tip. Word up, Dr. Dre's in full effect doing serious damage, boy. Welcome back, everybody, to Rodium Radio, episode 109. And I want to thank everybody who has tuned in. Uh, thank you, everybody, for subscribing. Thank you, everybody, for commenting. And I want to give a big shout-out to everybody on the live chat. Other than that, just a few minor announcements. If, once again, you're still interested in buying an ad so that we can play your ad, your one-minute ad, on the breaks, go to Rodium Radio, uh, I'm sorry, DocuMixery forward slash ads. DocuMixery forward slash ads. And there you can find out how you can buy some time for um, on or breaks or your one minute ad. It could be a flyer. It could be a video, whatever you want. If you submit it to us and you pay, then you can have your ad. If you got a business, if you got an album, if you got anything, a restaurant you want to promote, you can promote it here on Rodeo Radio during our breaks. Now, uh, somebody may ask why would I want to buy an ad simply because we get between 300,000 to a half a million views on uh, our monthly uh, monthly views on our channel. So uh, it'll be great promotion. If you're interested, if not, then you know what? Don't worry about it. Other than that, go to documentary.com. If you wanna buy some merch, uh, our shirts, our beanies, our hats, they're all up there. Give you a quick update on the DVD. Believe it or not, the company that we went to has been giving us a lot of problems. So we're gonna get that to you but hopefully by December, just in time for Christmas, those of you that still want to purchase the Blu-ray copy of the documentary uh, in memory of Steviano. And for those of you that still like hard copies of CDs, still got a few left, you go to documentary.com and you can order them. You can also order my High C album that I produced in 1991 for those of you that are interested. If not, you can purchase them via download. But without further ado, please allow me to introduce episode 109, Zapata the Ghost. How are you? I'm doing good, brother. I am doing good. You know what, man? What's up, man? Um, when I posted up the flyer yesterday, yeah. there was a lot of great feedback about you, man. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. and when I had called you, uh, there was, all I had to play, if I'm correct, 1987? Yeah, 1987. That song right there, bro. Yeah. It was I like that shit, right? Yeah, there. yeah. That shit yeah. was dope. And yeah. I told you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So, uh, other than that, man, thank you for being here. Um, how has your weekend been going? My weekend? Yeah. Uh, my weekend has been going awesome, bro. Okay. okay. Better than I deserve. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, what, what, what did you do today, man? Did you watch football or something? Man, today I was in the studio. I dumped some beats into, into uh, Pro Tools. Okay. 
I had uh, I cheated on my diet, had some had some tamales, and then uh, I exercised. I did my daily regimen, my prayer, my my thing that I do every day, stretched, got ready, and uh, shot over here, bro. That'll work, man. Yeah. Like to me, I like watching football on Sundays. Right. I don't sometimes I don't care who it is. My team is the Cowboys. You got a favorite team? Uh, actually, I don't. I don't really watch television, brother. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, so you're not a Laker fan, Dodger fan? Mm, I mean, if I had to, if I had to go, I grew up next to the stadium. So, if I had to choose, and the homies get mad if I don't go for them. So, if I had to, but I'm not. I'm not a big fan of uh, really any uh, sports or mainstream entertainment. I don't really. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, well, that kind of defeats my next question. I say, <laughs> have you seen anything good lately on TV? Uh, yeah, I don't watch television, brother. I uh, really. Yeah, yeah. I, I quit watching TV. Uh, probably like. Seven eight years ago, bro. That's interesting. Let's talk yeah. about that. What, yeah. Why is that? Uh, the reason I stopped watching television was because I went through a divorce, right? Okay. And uh, my wife was responsible for the batteries for the remote. And uh, when they when they get when they got up and left, I kept forgetting to buy the batteries, right? So I'd be like, ah, oh, shit, the batteries are dead. I gotta get batteries. And then one day I was like, you know what? I don't need this shit, bro. And that's I, true story. Yeah, that's that's, that's what happened, and it, it wasn't really because I'm a. At that point, it wasn't because I'm against it. It's just something that naturally just I said, you know what, I can do better things and spend my time watching, uh, you know, television, and then it transitioned into actually being something that worked out for me because uh, now I really feel like I don't need uh, like mainstream entertainment movies and uh, you know. Sports wow. and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, paint us a picture of what a Zapata do, like, on a daily basis. Like, when you get up, obviously, you don't turn on TV. Because when yeah. I get up, sometimes I'll get the remote, and I'll just turn it on, put it on AMC, go to yeah. Netflix or whatever, and I'll just, right, right. you know. Uh, every morning, bro, this is going to sound kind of wild, but every morning before I go to work, I I have a routine where I, I, I pray, and then uh, I do some meditation, and I try to exercise either before work or after work. And um, I stretch my body. I stretch my body every day because I'm trying to stay. I don't want to be that old stiff guy. You ever seen old people and they stiff? I don't want to. I don't want to be that guy. So I stretch my body, body every day. And I have a regimen that I do every day. And uh, that's how I begin most of my days, brother. That's good. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just trying and, to just trying to keep my mind, my body on point. Right. And you had mentioned that you cheated uh, today on your diet. Is right. it a, is it more of a lifestyle than it is a diet? Yeah, it's a lifestyle. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and you know what? I'll tell you the truth. I started working out maybe about forty years ago. Right. It was one of the best decisions I've uh, ever made. It's changed my eating habits. Bro. Uh, I know I shouldn't be drinking this shit right here, but at one point in my life, I was maybe a 95 percent healthy, mm -hmm. uh, drinking a gallon of water every day right now I, I probably drink maybe about a half a gallon mm -hmm. of water every day right um and and people would see me literally walk around with a full fucking gallon mm -hmm. and then going to the gym five five times a week right but and i think that's what kind of uh helped me stay looking a little bit younger yeah you know 100 percent. people want to do plastic surgery but all you got to do is uh eat less calories and do more exercise and stretch your body because uh when your body thinks it's old it convinces your mind that it's old so then you start believing that you're old but if your body's flexible and limber yeah. then it tells your mind yo we still can bend over because i the reason why i started stretching my body because i couldn't bend over without grunting i'd be like oh he was you know yeah. i couldn't bend over so then i was like i'm too young to be grunting like this you know what i'm saying so 
my, it, that, my body was sending messages to my brain that, yo, you old. So then we started agreeing, my body and my mind. So now right. I'm like, all right, well, my body needs to be limber so that it could send the message to the brain. Like, now we're not old yet. Because I don't want to feel like I'm old till I'm old. Right, till right, it's time. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. You, you know what's funny? Because um, I started working out and I couldn't wait to hit 50 years old. Yeah. Because I was knocking out push-ups, you know, right. uh, dips and pull-ups. I love doing pull-ups. Right. Uh, uh, work out one body part, you know, uh, a day, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and uh, after a while, man, I started looking good, and I yeah. was I was thankful Bro. because you know what? It's it, you only get one body, man. Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. you got to take care of it. You got to take care of it, bro. So, we we didn't we didn't get a, a manual for this body, so we got to figure it out ourselves. That's why I I started tapping into meditation, prayer, gratitude, uh, stretching, and. Because we weren't given a manual how to take care of this, so we right. got to figure it out. We got to look inside and figure it out. Right, right. So that's that's what I that's how I entertain myself for the most part. You know, watch a lot of personal development videos, how to become a better, better man. You know what I'm saying? That's awesome. What, that's, that's that's my passion, I guess you would say. Also, when you can become a better man, less hate. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so where are you originally? Are you from, man? Where did you grow up at? I grew up in Echo Park, brother. Okay. Echo Park. Yeah. Hell yeah, we filmed our. Let me see our second video there, sitting in the park. Oh, okay. At Echo Park, yeah, yeah. 1992. Oh, okay. I you grew know. up next to the original KDAY. Like, they were my neighbors. You know the KDAY? Yeah. I don't know if you ever went there, North North Alvarado. No, not that one. Okay. No. Yeah, there, I know there was one, I think, in South Central, maybe. But anyways, right. they had two locations. I, I, I grew up literally next door to the one in Echo Park. Okay. So, and uh, and uh, do you still live in that area or no? No, I live in uh, the valley now. Okay. Yeah. All right, that'll work. Man. But uh, but yeah, it, it was it was um, it was cool growing up next to the station, man. I saw a lot of rappers and stuff like that. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, um, growing up, you played any sports? Uh, when I was a kid, I, I played sports, but uh, I kind of I, I became a b boy. I was more into break dancing after I uh, turned about fourteen. I got more into break dancing. Okay. Yeah. Now now now, I was talking to. Uh, a guy named Breakbeat Lou. Have you ever heard of him? Breakbeat Lou sounds very familiar. Okay, from New York. Breakbeat Lou, yeah. He Is released... Rock no, he released some records in the 80s. Yeah. They were called the Ultimate Breaks and Beats. Uh -huh. And they were created for DJs right. to rock just the breaks yeah. of the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he got... He made compilations. Mm -hmm. And let's just say that there's the James Brown record. Mm -hmm. and Or the Honey Drippers. Right. And you have a... But to cat, but to, to cat, mm -hmm. but... The DJs was just duh, 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 duh. that's the break of the record. Yeah, the break of the record, yeah. So he was telling me a story that Cool Herc told him. Mm -hmm. And Cool Herc said that he realized that whenever he would slow those records down on his turntables, mm -hmm. that people would come out and just dance to the breaks. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily to the full song, yeah, yeah, but just, just the to breaks. the break of the mm -hmm. record. So he would buy two yeah. and then cut them back and forth. Mm -hmm. And he said that's where the word break dancer mm. was invented oh, because they were the dancing breaks. to the breaks. To the break, to the break so beat. A lot of people don't know really what, well, maybe this generation. Ah, uh, break dancer. That's funny. It's right under my nose. I didn't even right. realize it. It was the break dancing. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. That's and enlightening. So I went to um, 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 the Bronx yeah. where he told me where Kuhurk lived and they had oh, the okay. first hip hop party there. Yeah. So, 
for me growing up, I always considered myself a b-boy as well. Yeah. And um, I, I mean, I wasn't that good at breaking or popping, but I think people confuse b-boy just as the break. You don't have to necessarily right. be a break dancer. You just any element. It's a style. It's, it's, a, lifestyle. it's a lifestyle. Whether yeah. you're a graffiti artist that's a fan of hip hop, or you're a break dancer that's a fan of rap, or you just rap. A b-boy is somebody who messes with all the elements. Still, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, now the elements. Let's go over the quick, quick the elements. I know DJing, DJing, MCing, MCing, graffiti. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beatboxing? Oh, no, 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 no. Breakdancing. Breakdancing. Okay, four. Okay, the, the four elements. Now, this is the problem that I have with today's music. Yeah. It's because, in reality, those uh, those elements are not in it today. Mm-hmm. So when people say, oh, you know what, how come you don't like today's music? Mm-hmm. I just don't see what I saw back then when hip-hop was fun for me. It's not as intelligent, because if you think about the four elements, it's uh, painting... It's uh, dancing and exercise acrobatics. It's uh, creating an instrument from nothing. That was the that was the intelligence of hip hop. Now, uh, if you don't incorporate, then it's pretty much dumbed down. Yes, you know what I'm saying. That was that was that's what made. There's not. I don't think another genre that uh, created its own instrument that took that type of dancing to that type of level created a, a beatboxing was another uh, element. Yes, it was just such an intelligent music that was. Uh, I think the most intelligent music because it came with so many elements. Most musics don't come with that many elements. Graffiti with painting, you know, what music comes with painting, you know what I'm saying? Right. So it's such an intelligent music that I think that I'm going to be a conspiracy theorist, but the people above were like, yo, this is too intelligent. We have to dumb it down, you know what I'm saying? And I agree with you 100%. I don't believe, this is just me speaking about today's music, right. about all these guys that mumble sing and mumble rap, mm-hmm. okay? Yep. I don't believe that from where we come from, it evolved to that. Mm-mm. I believe it was just changed on It was us. manipulated. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. But, because it was intelligent and it was going the correct, it was going down the right road. Yes. And then it got shifted. I think somebody was like, oh, these, these minorities are doing something that's too intelligent, too enlightening. Yes. We have to shift it and dumb it down. Because if you listen to today's music, y'all could call me a hater, but... Um, I feel like I lose brain cells just listening to the shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like it's really music for, I, I don't even want my daughter to listen to it because I feel like it's going to make her that much more retarded. No, you're absolutely, hey, you're absolutely right, man. Fuck. We've hey. been from, you know, baggy pants to skinny jeans. <laughs> you know, pants so tight, you can right. see the veins on your But ass. you know what? The 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 the, the baggy pants, I, I did the baggy pants and that, like, now when I look back, I was like, what was I doing? You know what I'm saying? That, to me, I can't even justify that neither. You know what I'm saying? Like it was, it was ridiculous. I wore like pants that were four or five times bigger than my size, and that was ridiculous right. as well. Of course, but you know what I'm saying, right? So it, it, both are you know polar opposites, but uh, we justify our because it was our right. thing. You know what I'm saying? So they were both ridiculous to me. Well, I would rather wear some loose, uh, uh, you know, Dickies or Ben Davis with a little bit of sag, yeah. than some fucking no, yeah, hundred percent, some tight ass pants. Yeah, but it. we took it to the ext- well. At least my era took it to the extreme. Right, right? We're, I understand. Yeah, you know oh, good man. So did you break dance? Were you in yeah, your- I used to break dance. I, I broke dance for uh, from like fourteen to about twenty one. You were pretty good. Yeah, I was real good. Headbands, nineteen nineties, ball grabbers, everything. All that, all that combos, all that. That shit's hard. Yeah, man. I was, I was a uh, pretty talented. That's dope. What about, uh, what about popping? Um, I was a popper, and then one day my boys clowned me. They 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 thought I made like a little gay move. They're like, "Oh, that's gay!" And then I stopped breaking. It, it made me insecure. I was like, "Man, fuck, that. I ain't popping no more." <laughs> well, well, you know, it's funny because in the '80s there was such a move. I mean, nobody actually 
coined the name mm -hmm. for it, but we used to call it either the gay walk or uh, whatever. <laughs> well, you used to act gay, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. with your hand gestures. Well, the, the 80s in L.A. were kind of gay, you know what I'm saying? Like breaking, you know what I'm saying? They had the midriff shirts, and there were certain elements that were a little... Uh, kind of looked like Van Damme. Yeah, or like, like Turbo. Remember Turbo? He had the... The little where he was showing his belly and stuff. Well, you know, it's funny. Turbo's from my neighborhood. Oh, is he? Yeah, but it's funny because it was his name. We know him as Boogaloo no, Shrimp. What, no, not Turbo Ozone. My bad. Ozone, oh, that guy. Ozone. Ozone. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know Boogaloo Shrimp. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah Ozone. Yeah, he had the. You know, he, I don't know, man. It was a little, little, little. Maybe he was trying to bring sexy back. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I seen Isley Brothers looking crazy too. So it was just that time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean Rick James, Prince, mm -hmm. Prince, like a mo. Like but a we, we didn't say nothing about Vanity Six. Yeah, remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, Vanity so, Six. Yeah, yeah, shit. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, now, at what age would you say you were introduced to hip hop, or did you hear hip hop, or what was the first rap song if you remember that you um, heard? Freakazoid. When I was six years old, I started breakdancing actually at six, and then breakdancing kind of died out, and then I started doing it again at. Like 14 years old. So Freakazoid, remember Freakazoid? Freak yeah, that's... Why don't um, you wind me up? Midnight Star. Yeah, yeah it was, I don't know if it was hip-hop, but it was what I thought was hip-hop. You know okay. Well, because back then, a, a lot of us that broke, we did it to uh, play at your own risk, Planet Rock, yeah, Freakazoid, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I Need a Freak. Yeah, well, all those, all those joints. Right. But Freakazoid was my joint. I used to knee-spin hard to that. Oh, yeah. T-S. Yeah. Hell yeah, that's the yeah. shit. You know right what I mean? I was like, oh, it's going down right now. Right, right. Backspinning all that, you know what I mean? That'll so, work, man. Uh -huh. But um, as far as like hip-hop, hip-hop, yeah. it was uh, moving to uh, next to KDAY that influenced me a lot, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What were some of the songs that you remember growing up, living next door to it that What's your shit? So, like kind of like the way you mentioned Freakazoid and yeah. um Bismarcky, uh just a friend. You know just what a mean? friend, okay. Bismarcky, the uh, two life crew, Misa oh. Horny. <laughs> Misa Horny, uh Easy E, uh NWA, um all those all those joints right there. Okay, all right. You know it's funny that you say uh Bismarcky, because the first Bismarcky song I ever heard was uh, make the music with your mouth, bitch. Make the music with your mouth. Uh, yeah, that dude, was I the love shit, right? That was the shit. And then when he came out with the fucking vapors. Oh, dude. Okay. Bismarcky is like uh, slept on. He is so good. Yeah. Even though they say uh, he, uh, they ghost wrote a lot of his stuff. Regardless, he was a great entertainer. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm I, gonna I'm gonna tell you another one of my favorite artists, and he. He came out with other records after, but it wasn't the same because his voice wasn't the same. Mm -hmm. The DLC. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The DLC fucking oh, classic, yeah, classic fucking mm -hmm. album. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the one where he's behind the statue. With the, yeah, the, King of Kings, yeah, the Lord yeah. of Lords. Yeah, that, that, that was a great, I have it on vinyl, actually. Yeah, that was a dope-ass record. Yeah, that was a really um, good record. At what point would you say that you actually put the, the pen to the paper and started writing? What, 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 what inspired you or what interested you to start writing? Um, what did I started making? I bought me an MPC 2000 Excel back in like 2000. So this was actually before you even started rapping. You started dabbling, trying in making to making beats. Yeah. Okay. I started dabbling with making beats, and um, what did make me start wanting? Well, I think you know what it was was just freestyling with the homies at first. Right. Freestyling with the homies, getting faded, freestyling with the phone. So then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna start trying to write it down on a piece of paper. So I bought me an MPC. Started learning how to make beats, and then I started, uh, you know, incorporating rap to it. And then I think my rapping surpassed my beat making skills. So 
my focal point was more the rap than the beat making. Okay. Did, did it work it on the, uh, the MPC? Did that come easy to you? No. No? No. See, I started on the SP-1200 first. Yeah. And then the MPC. Right. But it was a hard transition yeah. because the, the language is different. For an example, on the MPC here, we have trim. Yeah, trim. Uh, on the SP-12, it was truncate. So trunk I had to learn yeah. what was... Yeah. What was what? And imagine me that I came, like, <laughs> it's funny because I bought my MPC, right? And uh, I brought it home. I just spent like $1,300, $1,400 on it. So I'm like, oh, cool. I'm going to make beats. I was like, Where are the sounds? Like, yeah. it comes with no sounds. You know no what sounds. Yeah. So then I figured out, okay, sample. So then I, I try to make a drum loop. And um, I didn't know that you had to quantize. So I played it and it wouldn't record back the way that I... That I, that I played it, so yeah. I returned it. I was like, "Hey, this this machine's broke." <laughs> I was like, "This y'all gave me a lemon." They were like, "What do you mean?" They were like, "Are you going to the metronome?" I was like, "What's that?" He's like, "You know that noise?" That I was like, "Oh, okay. Let me take this MPC back home with me." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I had no clue. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm, I had a hard time, very hard time. I was thankful enough that there were people that actually walked me through it, and I had have a photographic memory where they would ask me, hey, do you, do you want to take notes? No, I just want to see you turn it on, load up some sounds, yeah. bring them up, yeah. uh, make a, a sequence, yeah. and let me do it. Right. And turn it back off. And yeah. then I will turn it on, load it up. Am I doing it right? Yes. Am I doing it right? Okay, right. cool. That's all I had to do. And from there, you grow. Yeah. You know, but... Uh, but but let me tell these youngsters today, because today, you know, we uh, I, there's nothing wrong with technology, but a lot of these... People have it so easy today because mm -hmm. you all you got to do is do it on a laptop or right. whatnot. Yeah. Back then, you really had to get creative and yeah. dig for your own fucking sounds. Mm -hmm. You know, today people buy, uh, and I, I don't see nothing wrong with that. If they want to do this, they buy, uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, already samples? Uh, drum packs. Drum packs. Okay. Sound packs. Sound, sound packs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, like somebody was trying to tell me that like two years ago, and I, I didn't know what the hell that yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, we had a you know, crate dig, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and, and I used to take my old Fisher Price turntable with the long ass extension cord to the swamp meets, plug that motherfucker in, uh, play the record. Okay. I like that one. How yeah. much is a dollar? Okay, mm -hmm. cool. And that's yeah. how we did it. That's how you save money and make sure that the record was the right one. Yes. Yes. And then right. Vestex came out with a nice turntable mm -hmm. where you actually put headphones and it runs on batteries. Right. Right. And I actually still have mine, but I did a lot of fucking crate digging. Well, but today people are just buying loops buying or, loops, yeah, or yeah. leasing beats. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Today. No. I can't, but no. you know. I, 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 I'm uh, somebody who still does it the old school way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I collect vinyl. I still have my MPC 2000 Excel, my 5000. And I do everything analog, you know what I'm saying? For the most part, besides when I dump it into my uh, DAW, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. But besides that, I, I you know, I do I do get drum sounds from places, but as far as sampling and diggling, I, I dig through tapes and just whatever, you know what I'm saying? Okay, uh. okay. Now, now uh, um, as far as, like, you're, you're rapping about, what year would you say you decided to, like, maybe take it serious and say, you know what, I want to do this. Uh, 2000 and, oh, serious, maybe like 2003. Okay. Yeah, 2003. Once I got bit by the bug, that's all I was thinking from the moment I woke up to the moment I fell asleep. To this day, like, people say that men have sex on their mind most of the time. I have music on my mind or art on my mind most of the day, you know what I'm saying? And I'm glad you said that because I've tried to explain that to friends growing up. Yeah. And they never understood that yeah. for, for me. For an example, I had I had a very strict Mexican mother that wouldn't let me go out. Yeah. And um, but I'll, I did have my turntables, obviously. Mm -hmm. But uh, I had them later on. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't have them like 
I see kids today with, right. with 1200s, you know, yeah. I had them when I was 17, 18 years old. Mm -hmm. And uh, before then I had to borrow some. Right. So my whole point in sharing that was that I loved practicing. Yeah. I love getting the public enemy 12 mm -hmm. inches. I love. Was well, not even practicing when you love it that much. Right. And I, I used to have friends. Hey man, we're going to go out tonight. We got some bitches. We got a room. We got some forties. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Nah, I I'm cool, man. Yeah. I'm just being 100, bro. Yeah. I never thought about the pussy. I never thought about the ass. Right. I wanted my turntables, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. to be able to th 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 yeah. th th mm -hmm. get that shit down, bro. I was like, that's better than pussy. <laughs> Period. People do not understand once you get bit by the bug. And it, 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 there's a there's something that separates people that get bit by the bug, like as far as rappers and producers. When you get bit by the bug, you will go out and spend two thousand dollars on a piece of equipment two thousand dollars here two thousand dollars there three thousand dollars here. three you know rappers a lot of times they just go to the session they pay you know what i'm saying but when you get bit by the bug you're constantly buying records you're constantly buying samplers i i've spent probably over i don't know over a hundred thousand dollars on equipment and yeah. records and studios and you know yeah and that's all that i think about not all that i think about but it, it takes a lot of real estate in my mind for sure you know so yeah no no same here i used to get up early in the morning up in my fucking drawers turn mm -hmm. on my turntables turn on the mixer mm -hmm. and just start you know Go cutting yeah for at least a couple of hours my mom used yeah. to walk in no vas a comer yeah. hold on yeah. wait a minute you know yeah. i gotta get this mix down right or i gotta get this scratch right. you know i mean to, even today a lot of rappers across the board sound the same yeah a lot of them Today, I'm going to say the same thing about DJs. Mm -hmm. All sound the same. Yeah. They went from scratching to now just flickering their fingers. Yeah. It all changed. Yeah. To me, this is not scratching. Yeah. You're just making UFO noises. You know, <laughs> that's all it is. Mm -hmm. It went from to right, right. That's that's what that went to. Right. And I respect it. You know, that's cool. But what made everybody different is that you sounded different. Right. Everybody had their own scratch. Mm -hmm. Everybody had their own style. Yeah. You know, and, and that's why people can say, oh, I like him or I like him. Mm -hmm. Today, I'm like, I don't like none of you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it just it, it got watered down. And it's not because uh, I, I realize that it's not because we're just biased to our own sound. I think because uh, like, for instance, when when the eyes when earth wind and fire started hearing hip-hop and samplers and people sampling they looked at us like ah oh, that's lazy and if you think about it sampling and making beats compared to a whole band coming in here and creating orchestrating that's a fact that i could see why they're saying that of course and then now when we were working hard and now it's even easier just pace and stuff on now it's got even more water down so you know i could even see how ours how they real musicians can can kind of knock us. I can see that and I can justify it. That's a great so, point. So it's not that I'm being biased. It's just the truth that it has evolved into a more watered down. Because if you compare instrumentation, like Earth, Wind & Fire coming in here and doing all that compared to us just sampling, like I'm not going to, I'm not even going to claim I'm a musician. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? So I can say that my stuff is watered down compared to them coming right. in here. And then just pasting stuff on a laptop, I can say that that's even more watered down. So right. it's not that I'm being biased. It's that, it, you know, it's, right. the truth is the truth. Right. But it I, just got worse. You know, you, you're absolutely right about that. Now, I'm not Earth, Wind & Fire. I'm not, you know, the Commodores. I'm not right. Tina Marie. I'm not Rick James. But you look at artists today like a Lil Wayne or like a Drake. Do you think that these guys ever made this, this kind of money? 
Like, for an example, the no. common, you know what I'm saying? No, no, yeah. So I could kind of understand what you're saying mm -hmm. as well, too, how they look at us. Yeah. It's like, wow, that's watered down. Mm -hmm. It's true. Yeah. It, it really is true. And that's a mm -hmm. great point that you made because a lot of these guys got rich off of these guys' backs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, the yeah. doors that they opened. Yeah. yeah. You know, and sometimes I think mm -hmm. just innocent bystander looking at an artist like a Lil Wayne, a Drake, a whoever, yeah. compared to these legends, yeah. I think it's unfair that these guys made all the money. Mm -hmm. And these guys build a foundation, you know, but that's just the way it is. Well, if you think about it, as soon as auto-tune came in, they they got rid of, uh, auto-tune got rid of R&B, of actual singing. Yeah. When R&B, when auto-tune came in, R&B went out. You know what I'm saying? We replaced this plug-in for actual singing. Right. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that just shows you that the game is upside down. You know okay, let, let me ask you a question. People... Because they're not handing out, they're really not handing out record deals today. Yeah, yeah. Trying to get a record deal with the major labels, like getting hit by lightning twice. Mm -hmm. Okay. It probably won't happen. But now, do you believe that record labels today are looking for talent? Uh, and, and, no. And, and when I say record labels, I'm talking about like Warner Brothers, Interscope, and Sony, and I think Paramount. I think they're looking for a little bit of everything. You know what I'm saying? They're looking for, you know, some talent, but they're looking more for an image and a backstory and a... Um, gimmick, maybe? A gimmick, a gimmick, for sure. Okay. Yeah, they're looking for a gimmick. You know I mean, a look. If you look at all the guys that, at least on social media, it looks like they're winning. Yeah. They're all like weirdos, like a Takashi, a yeah. Little Pump, mm -hmm, or, mm -hmm. uh, what's that, what, 21 Savage? Yeah, like, yeah. Or, or you got to wear a dress or something, right. you know? And I'm thinking, like, like I guess to them, that's what, like, this is what we got to give them. Yeah, yeah. That type of shit. It has to be a, a what is it called? A... Uh, when you when you a shock it has to have shock value, you know what I mean. Yeah. So the shock value keeps getting pushed further and further till I don't know what the next thing is, but um, you know it's getting it's getting worse. It's not getting better. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Before we go to break, let me ask you a question. Give me your top five West Coast albums of all time. West Coast. Oh, West Coast. Yeah. Oh, that's 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 uh, interesting right there. My number one is probably uh, Freestyle Fellowship, Inner City Griots. Are you familiar with Freestyle Fellowship? No. Okay. Well, they're a legendary West Coast underground hip hop group. Um, maybe the Far Side, uh, a Bizarre Ride. Uh, I forget the name of the title, but the Far Side, um, Volume Ten, Hip Hop Horror. Uh, Tupac, All Eyes on Me, and uh, Tell the Funky Homo Sapien, uh, No Need for Alarm. Okay. Yeah. Okay, now give me your top five East Coast. My top five? Uh, Illmatic, uh, 36 Chambers, uh, uh, 36 Chambers, um... A Tribe Called Quest, uh, Low End Theory, uh, 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 um, uh, Midnight Marauders, A Tribe Called Quest, and um, the fifth one would be, huh, I can't think right now, but the fifth one might be, ah, uh, Stillmatic. Stillmatic. Nas is Stillmatic. Okay. Oh, dope. dope. Mm -hmm. We're going to go ahead and take a 10-minute break, and then we're going to come right back, and I'm going to ask you about your name. 
Yeah. So, okay, everybody. Uh, once again, we're going to go ahead and take a 10 minute break. So make sure you go get yourself something to drink, call somebody, text somebody, slap the shit out of somebody and let them know that's the Pata, the ghost is in the motherfucking building. We'll be back in 10 minutes. Welcome back, everybody, to Rodeo Radio. And you already know that when Rodeo Radio is popping, then panties are dropping. So we're going to go ahead and jump butt naked right back into it with my special guest, Sabata the Ghost. I wanted to ask you, uh, well, no, I'm going to hold off on that. Yeah. I know during the break we were talking about that you were drawn a little bit more to the West Coast underground hip-hop. Right. And stuff. And you do like the West Coast G-Funk slash yeah. gangster shit. Yeah, yeah. But why, why do you feel you were drawn more to the underground uh i think it was more so because i i was a b-boy so when i used to break dance i was uh you know it was you, you couldn't really break well you could but the the music that we would break dance to was tribe called quest Daz effects you know what i mean so that was the, the 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 stuff that made you move the more um the more uh dance prone music so and i've always been kind of like against the grain when everybody's listening to west coast gangster rap i wanted to be like listening to i wanted to have that that stuff that people weren't up on like yo i'm listening to the far side or souls of mischief y'all listen to that right because the west coast was uh prominent they were like the main they had the ball right so i wanted to pull up bumping the shit that they didn't know like yo this is the shit right here you know what i mean right, so right. i always wanted to be bumping the stuff that that everybody wasn't bumping that's that's kind of for whatever reason, I always gravitate. No, that's to. a good. That, yeah. That's a good. Uh, how would you say a good way of putting it? Yeah. Because as a DJ in the eighties, yeah. I always got the records yeah. that nobody had. Right. Simply because I had the plug. Yeah, yeah. So, for an example, I remember I was the first guy, possibly around the Harbor area or possibly in LA, to be bumping. Uh, uh, you got to ch uh, chill mm -hmm. by uh, EPMD. Because right. I had a, a, a test pressing a month before right. this release date. Right. So I took pride in having yeah. rare gems. Yeah, yeah. They were playing it on the radio, yeah. but nobody couldn't get it on vinyl. Right. So I was like, I'm on some, some yeah. other shit. You and know? you know what? I think people that are into underground hip-hop, their brains are wired a little different because a lot of people don't like it. I think it's, um, like it's an artistic thing because, you know, like... Uh, west coast gangster rap was too stiff for me it was too like macho stiff when i was like more artistic more you know what i mean like right, right. like more uh loose more different patterns and in, in, in west coast gangster rap was kind of like i, I don't want to say abc but they weren't flipping patterns like how west coast underground was flipping patterns and flows where you know like people rappers today can't even flip how souls of mischief was flipping and dale was flipping so uh I like to intrigue my mind with with the patterns and the wordplay. Right. The wordplay was out of the box, so that that's what that's what really caught my uh, earlier. My I, it's funny I had mentioned Breakbeat Lou. Yeah, yeah. He's the DJ as I think all last year for Souls of Mischief. Yeah. So he was traveling. Oh, with okay. Them. Yeah. And he spins with forty fives. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's so, a real deal. Bro. Yeah, he's a real, real, real deal. And uh, but anyways, good friend of mine. He was actually in my documentary. So yeah, I know break. I heard break beat Lou. I just I can't put my finger on it right now. But yeah, that's that's a famous famous dude from yeah. NY. Yeah. Yes, break so, beat Lou. Yeah. So now, um, you start. You decided to take it serious. If I'm correct, you said uh, as far as rapping, 2003? 2003 is yeah. Okay. So now, what are you recording yourself on? Uh, on a Roland uh, 1680. A okay. digital recorder. Okay. Yeah. So now you, you, you do your beat, if yeah. I'm correct, yeah, or, yeah. You, or you are you rapping to an instrumental? No, I, I was rapping to my beats back then. Okay, yeah. so your beats, 
You record yourself. Yeah. Play it back. Yeah. You hear it. Do you like it? Ah, I wasn't. I wasn't really feeling it that much. I wasn't really feeling it that much. Really? Yeah. What, what, what encouraged you to keep going? Is it just because you just liked to doing it? Because I knew that I just had to find my zone. Yes. I knew. I knew that it. I, I knew that I needed the ten thousand hours. You know what I'm saying? Right. You needed the ten thousand. I, I subconsciously I knew. I didn't know about the ten thousand hours back then, but I knew that I needed to put in the work before I was. You know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'm not black where I just have the rhythm. You know what I'm saying? Black people just come through and just... I had a black dude come in, never rapped before, and just killed some shit. I'm like, uh, these motherfuckers just got the rhythm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I had to find the rhythm. I had to find my voice. I had to... You know, it was... It, I'm not I'm not gifted. I'm I'm talented because I acquired the talent. You know what I'm saying? But it was hard for me. And you put in the work. And I put in the work. Yeah, yeah there's, there's such a thing as paying dudes. Yeah, yeah. There's people that are just phenomenally, phenomenally gifted. I wasn't that. I had to pay... For, for my, right. My no, no, I, and I know exactly what you mean because I had a friend that took guitar classes for a long time and he yeah. was just basic. Yeah. But when his little brother picked it up, mm. just from watching him, yeah. you know, he, he was playing the shit better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was he was just gifted. He was just that. gifted. Yeah. So um, now, um, how did? Well, before I ask you once again about your name, so you are, um, how would you say, uh, recording your own beats, rapping your own lyrics. Yeah. Um, you um, show it to your friends. Yeah, what is the response that you're getting? Um, they're all they're all digging it from the very beginning. Uh, for the most part, yeah. Because okay. I've always had the sauce. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's breaking anything that I was passionate about, I always had the sauce. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm not gonna say that they were mind blown, but they were like, "Oh, this this he has something." They saw the potential. Yeah, they saw the potential. I always had the potential. Okay, but I just didn't have it at at the beginning. You know what I'm now. Do you think they were good enough friends that they would have told you, nah, it ain't working, homie? Um, mm, I don't know, but I, I, I could, I could just sense it that you know that it was that it that was, it was genuine because okay. they were like excited, you know, what I'm saying like, oh, right. like damn, like oh, you know, what I'm saying like just the excitement that I can see that uh uh, uh that you can't just let off if you don't you don't feel that emotion, you know, what I'm saying okay. So I was now. Uh, did you have a rap name at that time? Uh, I actually didn't. I, I, they used to call me Maximiliano. Maximiliano. And, and why was that? Uh, just because my name is Max. Uh -huh. yeah. And then my boy, actually, that's how I got my rap name. My boy from uh, Pico Union, he used to be like, Maximiliano Zapata. Because, you know, it sounded like Emiliano Zapata. Maximiliano Zapata. And I'm like, ah, you know. So I was like, oh, Maximiliano. I was like, oh, Maximiliano. That's what I was rolling with, Maximiliano. Okay, and then uh, when did you make the transition to, you know, Sabato the Ghost? the Ghost. Uh, what one, inspired that? Uh, it, it inspired because my boy Animal, he kept calling me Maximiliano Zapata. Maximi you know, and I'm not even Mexican. I'm Central American. I'm South Guatemalan. But one day I picked up a book, uh, the, I think the bi biography of Zapata, and I just opened, I just opened up a page and it said... Um, that uh, Zapata was flashy, but he liked to help the people, but he liked to dress like, he always liked to get dressed and look fly. I was like, damn, well, that should kind of describe me. Like I, like, I like to always help when I can, you know what I mean? And, and when I have money, I, I, I help the people around me and, and I always like to get fresh. <laughs> so I was like, Zapata, you know, and then, and then Zapata dead, you know what I mean? So I was like, 
you know, it's a part of the ghost. It just, it just the light bulb came off. You know what I'm saying? So that'll work. That's kind of how it, it, it transpired. You know, I thought that was interesting when your boy told me, "You got to check out my boy, it's about the ghost." Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Like, I thought it was interesting. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot so, of people tell me that. You know, I was like, "What the fuck?" I kind of meant it like. That's pretty cool. Let, yeah, me, yeah, yeah. Let, let me talk to him. It has a little mystique to it. Yeah. Like, like oh, it's a part of the ghost, though. Okay. It's not your typical name, you know? Yeah, no. no I'm going to tell you one thing that I like about it, okay? Yeah. That is three names in, in a sense. Sabata mm -hmm. the Ghost. Yeah, right. Okay. If you look at old 80s hip hop heads, uh, you look at uh, like a Cool Moldy. Yeah, Cool Moldy. Okay. LL Cool J. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Grandmaster Flash. Right. Cool Rock Ski. Mm -hmm. You know, they all had almost like three. Three syllables. Yes. So, and it's funny, real quick. It's funny that you say that because a lot of people, um, like for instance, when I first heard immortal, you know, immortal technique. Yes. When I first heard immortal technique, I was like, the fuck, immortal technique. <laughs> or I heard the black eyed peas, and then um, I realized that the name doesn't matter. It could be the black eyed peas plus lunch. It doesn't matter what the name is. It matters what the hustle is. Because if the hustle is hard, now it's just the Black Eyed Peas. Now right. it's just Immortal Technique. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's because the hustle behind it just made it a household name. So the name doesn't really necessarily... It, it could be long as hell and it doesn't matter. I used to think, oh, maybe my name is too long. But it, it, it's what, what the hustle is that makes the name uh, just you know roll off the tongue. Right. You know right. what I mean? Because the Black Eyed Peas, I was like, what the fuck? Now it's just the Black Eyed Peas. You know what right, I mean? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So now, um, when did you drop your first single? Oh, my first single. It was. Um, and and say, what was the title? It was called "Keep It True," and that's pretty much what gave me my buzz. It was shot by Icon. That was uh, maybe two thousand and nine. Okay. Two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine. Yeah. Right. Is that when you had already joined the? The I, um, the campaign no yeah. that that was prior to that okay yeah. and and what was what was the uh, reaction from the streets with that oh, one song bro, that's when I was going to like little functions and people oh what's up man you the one keep it I was like yeah that's me and and uh, people started recognizing me all over I mean all over the the local Los right. Angeles you know what I'm saying so oh shit you fucking and that uh, that's when uh, everybody started reaching out to me Frost and. You know, just all the West Coast dudes started reaching okay. out to me. Okay, yeah. okay. And, uh, um, I mean, I know that when you look at Chicano rap as a right. whole, I know it's different from what you do, mm -hmm. yeah. you know. Um, and yet you did tracks with a lot of those yeah, guys. Yeah. Uh, did that kind of take you out of your comfort zone, or were you cool with doing No, that? I felt like I was just going to destroy motherfuckers when I got on some Chicano rap shit. I was like, man, come on, let me get on this. and Because, uh -huh. you know, they were so... Without, with all due respect, they were just very basic at, at ABC. But the thing is that I come from a background, also, uh, I was also affiliated as as well with right. with the streets. So I was able to use my street affiliation and my hip hop in combination. So I was like, yo, I, I, I that's a that's a that's a cool little combination that I could bring to the table, and people were messing with that recipe. You know what I'm saying? Okay, yeah. okay, that'll work, man. Yeah. So that song, your first single, yeah. creates a buzz. It creates what, a little buzz. What yeah. comes next for you? The next was the campaign. Okay, the, the group with Icon and, and the homies. Okay, and yeah. uh, how, how did you? How did that come about? Like, how did you join? Uh, who the you know? campaign? Uh, I just messed with Icon, and then I reached out to the homies from Nella. And uh, they were kind of, they were kind of, uh, they kind of didn't, because the thing is with the campaign, we were 
like five members and we're all from different gangs that necessarily weren't supposed to be in the same room but we did it anyway but um uh so i just reached out to them they were kind of hesitant at first and i ended up going to the studio icon invited me there we just did a few tracks together and then we kind of made it uh, a thing you know what I'm saying? okay and yeah. uh for the people that may not know the, the the campaign who were all the members uh the members were me icon d the great um dopamine dodger blue and anita blunt she was a singer from pacoima you know, she sounds familiar. Yeah, she's a singer. Okay. She's a singer. And, and how long were you guys together? We were together about four, four years or something like that. Okay. You guys performed a lot? Performed. We were, doing, you know, putting out music, mixtapes, and, uh, you know, we were doing it. We were doing okay. it. Okay. We're, we're getting momentum. Okay. Yeah. And, and uh, this music can still be found on where? I think it could be found on uh, iTunes. Okay. On, on all platforms. I okay. Yeah. That'll work. Hmm. Um, so what was it that made everybody go their separate ways? Uh, it was, I think, it was mainly me because uh, uh, I hate to sound corny, but I kind of had like, a, I guess you could say a spiritual awakening, which now I think it was just maturity hitting real fast. And uh, I started filtering, I started realizing that... Uh, I can't just say whatever on the microphone no more. You know what I'm saying? As I got older, um, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't, you know, speak vulgar about women. I can't, uh, I can't condone violence. You know, as I got older, I, I, my pen just started getting heavy. You know what I'm saying? Like, ah, you know, my conscience, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. then I, I told the homies, you know what, let me, um, I need to get out of this situation. I don't want to, I don't want to drag you guys on my little spiritual trip or on my maturity. I don't want you guys... I don't, and I also don't want to get dragged where I'm still rapping about the streets, guns, and jail, and all this stuff that I felt that was destructive. Even though we thought it was just entertainment, I started realizing that it's not just entertainment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What you say matters. You know what I'm saying? So I had that realization. So I started getting a real heavy filter on my pen. And I said, you know what? I'm going to jump ship. And uh, if I'm going to allow myself to rap, I have to do it the correct way and I, I can't be I can't be contributing to the destruction of the of the of the people, you know what I'm saying? Because I felt like I was I was even though my, my, my music was always filled with gems and nuggets, I felt that I had tightened up because um I was still kicking poison and I didn't want to do that anymore. Okay. Yeah, I know you kinda of said it like your spiritual awakening or yeah. you even used maturity. Yeah, yeah. Was there anything that inspired that? as far as for you to change or was it just one day was it an overnight thing well the thing was that one day we we went on a tour with fora are you familiar with fora so, so, yeah, he's, he's, he's a pop he just got a he's a popping rapper so we went on tour with fora right the campaign and um we were on tour and his fans were mainly like his demographic was like 15 to like 20 bunch of little kids and we go on stage and we're starting, we're talking all this, the hoes, hood rats, and, you know, talking all this madness, right? And then Fora comes up and he starts talking like some, you know, some level-headed stuff, you know what I'm saying? He's younger than us. Mm -hmm. We're, I'm 34, 35, you know what I'm saying? This boy's like 22. And he, he's speaking more like level-minded stuff than we were. And we're grown men rapping to these kids, you know what I'm saying? So that triggered me like, you know what, how is this little boy 
speaking more uh, level-minded shit to these kids, yeah. and I'm a grown-ass man. I ain't got a daughter. I got a son. And I'm talking this hoes, hood rats, bitches, and blunts. And I said, nah, something ain't right. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't sitting good with my soul. So I had to, I had to fall back, you know what I mean? And, and, okay. and get right, you know what I mean? Because yeah. uh, it's just, um, like I said, maturity. Yeah. Reevaluate everything. Reevaluate, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and I got to rap my age. I can't be 40, 40, 42 rapping like I'm still ready to bust guns and fight. I don't want to fight. I don't want to bust guns. I want to. I want to get money and and be chill. You know what I'm saying? So I, I can't. I feel like I look like a clown acting like I'm out there still doing gun bars and, you know, I just I got to rap my age. If I'm gonna continue to rap, I have to rap what matches my age, you know what I'm saying? That's that's a good way to put it because you know and I wish some people could learn yeah. that from you because there's still, you still got guys out there that are trying to put in work in their 50s. Yeah. You know? And and, and, and what's worse is that they're not really putting in the work. They're just rapping about putting yeah. in work and they're really just putting out the poison just to, just for the sake of fame and money, you know what I'm saying? So it's not worth it. Years ago, I heard Lauren Hill say this and I shared this on a previous episode and I believe this is around the time, I don't want to use the word she quit rapping, but she took a break. Yeah, I think okay. I may have known what you're talking she, about. They had won an award, yeah. and she shared a story that she went like in Africa, like deep Africa, yeah. mm -hmm. and uh, that they stopped. Um, they, they And there was like a house that looked like a hut. Yeah. Like it was made out of aluminum, pieces yeah. of wood, like mm -hmm. whatever they found, people lived there. Right. And she wanted to see it up close, and she walked kind of like around where these people lived. Mm -hmm. And uh, that whoever lived there hit up on the wall, Biggie, Tupac. Yeah. Now I said we were deep, yeah. like in the jungles, like. Yeah, yeah. And she said at that moment I realized yeah. that what we say influences the world, bro. You know, I mean think about this. They're in the middle of the jungle and there's a hut. And it says Biggie and Tupac. Those kids somehow right. heard and were influenced by those rappers, yeah, yeah, whether yeah. whether it was good or bad. Right. But to, to hit them up, yeah. and then that's when, from that point on, I had realized she took a break. Yeah, yeah. Because like what you just said, a lot of times, you know, we say things and it could influence kids, man. Bro, Tupac is one of my favorite rappers, and um, he influenced me in the most destructive way. I'll be honest with you. You know, yeah. you know when Machiavelli yeah. all eyes on me, I wanted to be Tupac. I was in. I was in the hood. I was strapped. I, I wanted to be like that. You know what I'm saying? So as much as I love Tupac, as much as he had a, a more of a balanced message than a Biggie and a lot of other rappers, he influenced me in a very destructive way. N.W.A. influenced me in a very destructive way. You know what I'm yeah. saying? No, and then me and a lot of the, of the homies. You know what I'm saying? I remember when I was a kid, me and my boy, we were listening to Eazy-E. And I told him, damn, this, shit, this makes me want, want to join a gang. And he was like, he's like yeah, me too. You know what I'm saying? Ten years later, we're both from a gang. He's doing 20 years in prison. You know what I'm saying? So it transpired what 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 these rappers, what we say is is it's not just entertainment, bro. It's real life. It's real shit. You know what I'm no, saying? No, so, it, it's real, real. Yeah, yeah, it's very real. I don't know if you win when um Delicious Vinyl had their um um delicious the delicious pizza, I should say. Mm -hmm. They have their block party every year. Right. And that uh, the last one, KRS one was there. Okay. I want to say it was like if not last year, the year before. Yes. And he performed there for free. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, I have it on video in case anybody, or if anybody knows what I'm about to tell you, I'm quoting KRS-One. Yeah. Okay. My favorite rapper, him and Rakim. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he gave a message, and here's what he said. This is for my Mexican people. Yeah. 
He said, because I'm tired of talking to you black people. That's what he said. He goes, you guys don't listen. He said, so this is for my Mexican people. And I was shocked. Yeah. And he said, first of all, you guys are better than what I'm about to tell you. And he started almost preaching. Yeah, yeah. He said, you come to California, here's what you guys do, sell weed or sell oranges. Yeah. And he said, it's the truth. You guys are bigger and better than that. And he was speaking yeah. education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, um, but it was funny because the blacks that were around me yeah. were like saying, you know, what is he, a born-again Mexican now? Yeah, like, yeah. they were getting pissed yeah, off yeah, yeah. because he wasn't addressing them. Mm -hmm. And I still have that on video, I, mm. I call it, you know. But he gave a very, very powerful message. But what he was saying, that us as rappers need to be held accountable mm -hmm. for the things that we say because we are influencing 100%. the world. You know, it's very, 100%. very true. 100%, bro. So, so a lot of times we have to be, a, a lot of times we could say, you know, I'm just going to say this just to make some money, but mm -hmm. you don't realize that. Yeah. You know, life and death is in the power of the tongue. Of the tongue. You know, what you say uh, uh, can influence somebody for good or for bad. Yeah. You know, so... It doesn't say in the Bible in the in the beginning there was the Word and the Word was with God. And so if, that, if in the Bible it says in the beginning was the Word, that means that the Word is, 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 is not just entertainment. Whatever you say... It's very important. It's very it's, influential. It's, 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 it's you know, it's, 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 it's not just entertainment. And I realize that, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sacrifice my, my integrity for the, this money and this fame and this pussy. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like I gotta, I gotta really, you know, I gotta really put a filter in my pen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, uh, okay. So you leave the campaign. Yeah. Uh, what comes next for you? What comes next for me is uh, I dropped this song called I Crucified My Rap Career. It's, a, it's just a, a bunch of bars where I'm kind of predicting that my momentum is going to slow down because of uh, the content. Yeah. Because people want to hear the, 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 the old Zapata, the ghost, the hood, the streets, the prison and all this. And, I, and, and, I'm, and, and in, that song, in that song, I'm talking about I'm crucifying uh, my rap career. Because I'm no longer going to do that. And sure enough, uh, my momentum, the followers, once I once people saw that I'm not willing to rap about everything, they didn't want to hit me up for features. Because, you know, they want me to rap about, yeah. yo, rap about this, rap about, you know, I'm doing a song about this. And I'm like, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing So my momentum slowed down because the content wasn't on that fuck shit. You know what I'm saying? So people stopped looking for me as much but uh it was something that i already knew that was going to happen because it comes with the territory but right. it was well worth it you know what i'm saying because i my integrity means more to me than than views and money and you know whatever else and today it's all about well from what we see it's yeah. all about the views it's all yeah. about the likes yeah. it's all about the comments all about yeah. popularity yeah you know uh i'll give an example of what i mean um I met this one person and this person tells me, I want you to interview my artist. Yeah. And I said, who's your artist? Uh, is he dope? Yeah. And here's what this person said. Well, he's certified on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah. I said, is he dope? Yeah. And the response was, well, he's certified. He averages about 5,000 likes on a picture. Yeah. I'm having a hard time with that, you know, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. for, we know today that image is everything. Yeah. You know, people, if you get a girl with some big ass nalgas, big tetas, yeah. blonde hair, mm -hmm. makeup monster, I don't give a fuck if she can rap or not. We're going to use that. And we're going to make mm -hmm. money. We'll yeah. use auto tone on her yeah. ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Then you take a biz marquee dude. A dude is not very good looking, <laughs> but the dude was dope. Yeah. I take that. 
mm-hmm. over this. Yes. But this is what we have today. Yeah. You yeah. know. I just uh I can't I can't I'm not falling for it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no, me neither. Like like if I get the views, it'll be nice. If I get the likes, that'll be nice. If I get the numbers, the money, that'll be nice, but it's gonna be under my terms, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not gonna be I'm not gonna pimp myself for that. The game has to pimp itself for for yeah. me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so. I, I mean you know, I not all, but there are some girl rappers that are on social media that they always have to take some type of a booty pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not fucking with that. You, you know, and I'm thinking that, that has nothing to do with your talent. You know. Yeah. So whatever. You know, I know people are gonna say, Tony, you're just. I'm just stating facts. We all see it on social media. So, I, I would rather not know what you look like and hear your music and yeah. say that shit is. That shit, that shit is, is fucking dope. dope. Yeah, bro. That shit is dope. Uh, you know, the more years pass, the more I feel like I'm a stranger on earth, bro. Like, this place is... I'm like, what am I still doing here? You know what I mean? Like, But you know what? I'm thankful that we have platforms like this and we need more. Well, we could discuss these topics. Right. You know, that's a good thing. So now, uh, you're pretty much your momentum slowed down a little bit. Yeah. And you continue to yet do your thing. Yeah. Okay. I want to talk about that song, 1987, because yeah. for those of you that don't know, look it up. Uh, Zapato the Ghost, 1987. To me, that was my shit when I heard it. Yeah. What inspired that song, man? Why 1987? 1987, because I think that um, that is when, um, you know, because when you're 10, you kind of, you exist, but you don't really know. You're still kind of in this limbo, you know what I'm saying? When you you become twelve, you start kind of like realizing like, oh shit, I'm here. You know, you, you know what I'm saying? Like the music, and you start kind of like realizing more, like more, yeah. Like you know, kind of when you start going into your adolescence, when you be, when you reach puberty, you start you start acknowledge. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you become more aware. So 1987 is kind of like the year when I started like, oh, like looking at the world and like, oh shit, like. So then I was able to see like you know the gangs, the the violence, the the this, the that, and I was really paying attention. The style, I wanna, I wanna be cool. Ooh, I wanna have those shoes. Ooh, the gang members, the lowriders, and so it was, it was embedded in my mind. You know what I'm saying? So, um, it was a very uh, violent, but it was a very memorable part of my life, and um, it was, it was a time when it was, um, I don't know, man. It was just something very cool about it now, because you know that's when I used to drop my bike off and go play and it was just a magical time that that these kids are never gonna see yeah you know what i'm saying they're never gonna see that right. even though in, in in the song i for the most part i i depict the the the, the gang thing and, and the cholo thing because that was prominent but that was very uh that was very prominent so i don't know it's just it's just something that i wanted to yeah you know put out there man you know hip-hop for us living on the streets it was a way out man yeah. it was a way out right. i've known a lot of people that were involved on the streets but yeah. as soon as they they found out that they can rap they can dj mm-hmm. they can promote whatever yeah, yeah. they they leave that lifestyle yeah, and yeah. they transition from being a a kid to becoming a man yeah. and say you know what i'm gonna take this shit serious right because living in the streets let's be honest you get two options dead or in jail mm-hmm. that's it dead or in jail that's it and and it I hate to see this that that you have artists today that are still active on the streets. Yeah, you know, and then wonder why they don't get signed because mm-hmm. they're a liability. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not going to invest thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars in you, and then you're looking at a five year. You know, yeah, 
It's like buying a, a car that might break down. Yeah. Yeah. It might break down on you, bro. I'm just letting you know. You know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but okay, now check this out, brother. Anything that I didn't ask you, anything that you wanted to bring up right now is the time. And where can people hear your music, your videos, etc.? Um, anything that you that you didn't bring anything up. you wanted to talk about. Huh. Nah, not really, bro. Uh I think we we covered everything. Okay. Um, as far as the music, you could you could find me on YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, on Zapata the Ghost, or ZTG Beats, and um, yeah, on all the all the platforms. Okay, can, can the can your fans expect anything from you? Maybe this year or the beginning of the next year? Um, probably the beginning, beginning of next year. I got I got things going on right now. And uh, in the process, so okay, so the next year for sure. Cool. But yeah. I did just drop a mixtape two weeks ago called God's Goon 1.5. It's on my YouTube. That's where the 1987 uh, yeah. song was was on. So you can go on that on my YouTube page, God's Goon 1.5. That'll work, man. Yeah. Uh, at this point, you want to give any shout outs, man? Shout outs to everybody <laughs> yeah, when you give shout out hey you didn't show me oh oh my boy west uh big ray westlife for, yes for getting me on here and yes and besides that just all my people man all my people that'll work man i wish you nothing but the best brother i'm glad you made a transition where you realized that like you know what i gotta be held responsible for what i say yeah you know definitely and even though the momentum might have switched or yeah. slowed down it didn't matter it does not matter you bro. know it does not matter and hopefully that's encouraging to our listeners and that uh, people that may like, well, I don't gangbang, but I rap about it. Be careful what you say. Be, Be careful, careful what, what you, you say. You know, so 100%. other than that, man, thank you very much for coming through. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take a 10-minute break. And I hope you, hopefully you hang around because I want to get some pictures and stuff like that. Yeah, let's so, do it. Okay, everybody. Once again, uh, we're just going to go ahead and take a break. Uh, I'll probably start drinking early. So if not, then maybe the next break. But guess who just walked in the building? Precise 85. We'll be back. 10 minutes. Don't fuck around. Welcome back, everybody, to Rodian Radio, episode 109. And uh, you know what? We're not going to waste any time. That actually rhymed. 109. Okay. Wow. I think I'm going to start rapping. I'm just playing. Anyways, Precise 85 is in the motherfucking building. How you doing, brother? How we doing? I'm doing great, Tony. I said 109, you know, and then I said, wow. I think I'm going to start rapping. <laughs> hey, you could, man. You need probably I'll rap a lot of these rappers. You're probably right. <laughs> I know I can rhyme cat with hat. You're ahead of the game already. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> How you doing today, man? I'm doing good, man. Yeah? Real good, yeah. That's good. That's good. I see the Sixers. You a Sixers fan? You know, I like Iverson, to be yes. honest. Yeah. Yes. You know, I was a Jordan fan, and then he left us. You know, he, everybody got to got end. And then I, I, was, I jumped onto Iverson, and, you know, and then Kobe. You know, yeah. I, I was always a Laker fan, right. period. But I, um, I'm a street baller. Okay. I grew up playing basketball on the street. So I got into those and one moves, those crossovers. Right. And right. I liked, I admired Iverson's handles. Right, right, you know? right. Do you still ball? Yeah, nah, as you, as you can tell, I need to. <laughs> right, right, right. But I, I work so much, man. I need, I, there's no excuse. I need to make time. Yeah. I still got it, though. You know, I went to the park uh, about two days ago. There was nobody there because where I'm living at now, there's. Can you they, slam? No, not at all. I'm five nine. <laughs> Thought you had hops, man. Yeah, I used to once upon a time, but I still couldn't dunk. But I, I could get up there. Oh, okay, okay. You, uh, uh, I know you said uh, you're a Kobe fan. Uh, what about Dodgers? Yeah, you know anything LA Dodgers and Lakers? That's me. 
Can I tell you who the players are? No, I, I won't pretend that I know right, anything right. about them, but it's just home team. You know, I support the home team. What about football team? I don't have a football team. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All good, man. So, so how's your Sunday, bro? I mean, how's your weekend going, you know, in general? My weekend? It's, I mean, this is the first weekend I took off, and I haven't been off for probably six months or something in a weekend. This is the first weekend I took off. Really? I took a vacation from work. Did you do any anything special, or did you just chill at home? I just chilled at home, man. Relaxed. Enjoyed, you know, my wife, my baby daughter, two little dogs. Just enjoyed paying for, you know what you're paying for. Yeah. You get to finally enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Just chill in your carzones is watching TV. Just watching TV, playing UFC 4. Whoever wanted, let me know. Precise 85. No shit. Look for me. Yeah. Like that? I, li I like I like um, the UFC game. I you know what I was good at? Not anymore, but I'm waiting for the new PlayStation to come out. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, but I, I was a big-time Madden guy. Oh, nice. Madden. Nice. And I used to challenge motherfuckers. A <laughs> $100 game, two-game minimum. Wow. You know, like, I, I used to cut fools' heads off. So uh, once I get my new... Uh, uh, wait, it's going to be the 5, huh? The PS5, yeah. yeah. As soon as that shit comes out, I'm, I'm going to be in hiding like for about two months just practicing. Game over. And then after that, I'm going to come out and I'm going to put up my name so people can hit me <laughs> and play me live. You will kill me, bro. I, I was never good at Madden. Oh, I love fucking yeah. Madden. I mean, of course, when you grew up, I played all kinds of fucking games, you know. Uh, but it was mostly video games, Asteroids, uh, Star Castle, Defender, you know, and then Pinball. Mm. But And then I jumped to Atari. Uh, Nintendo, Nintendo 64, Super Nintendo, you know, and then eventually PlayStation. But I, I've never been a, a Xbox guy. You Xbox guy? Nah, I've always been um, at the Super Nintendo, the PlayStation 1. I skipped the 2, went to the 3. Uh, yeah, but I had an Xbox 360. I got one for Christmas from my mom's before. But it, it, I just played like Halo and the uh, Fight Nights, uh -huh. the boxing game. Right. Yeah, we need a boxing game for PS4, man, or five, you know. Right, right. Yeah, we right. haven't got one in a long time. Right. Uh, um, I bought an Xbox one time just to like, cause every, because back in the day when you play Madden, the championship was held on Xbox. I mean, oh. uh, uh, PlayStations. Then he switched it to Xboxes, and I was like, okay, I gotta get good if I ever want to qualify to uh, win the hundred thousand dollars and play in Times Square in New York, wow. you know, on the big screen. Okay, and uh, I tried it, I couldn't. The fucking control was like this, bro. So <laughs> hey, don't worry, they all get messed up really quick, man. Yeah, yeah. My PlayStation, flawless. Xbox, when I had my Xbox 360, they call it the light of death. The little lights flash, and it gets messed up all the time. Fine, yeah. All the time. I, I could tell you. Probably like ten times you have to send it. They send you a refurbished one, and but PlayStation never got that problem. Never had that problem. I don't know what it is. Unless your lady unplugs it and throws it against the fucking wall. Yeah, if that happens, for it's game over yeah, for real. Yeah. Okay. So other than that, brother, uh, uh, where are you originally from, man? Oh man, well I grew up with a single parent household, so you know, mom hustling, making tamales, uh, working at a fabrica. Costura, the sewing machine in the living room. Da, 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 Just like my mom, yeah. You know, that's my my upbringing. So, um, I I remember my early days were in Compton first, right? Okay. I was right there. Compton first too. Yeah, I was there in elementary, um, and then from there we moved to Lingwood. Okay. You know, some apartments, then another part of Lingwood, then um, from there I want to say. Um, Downey, right? I went to Downey, the borderline Downey Southgate. Yeah, I was in Downey. I was probably like the nicest place where I lived. Really, you know, it was, I was there 
when it was nice. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how it is now, but it was really nice. There was nothing but white people there, you know. So that's like, what made it nice. It, it was, huh? <laughs> well, see, what made it nice was there wasn't, there wasn't. I came from, I the, come the from gang, Compton, the gang, the element. hood. I, I, I got jumped every day in school. Right. You right. got to understand when I walked in in second grade on McKinley Elementary, I was the only Mexican in the class. Yeah. The teacher goes, "Our new student, Carlos." I sit down. Um, the teacher turns around. Uh, five black guys come, boom, 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 start hitting me, and I and I get up, and the teacher turns around, sees it, and just turns back around, doesn't wow. say nothing, you know. And I had to go through that every day, so you kind of get thick skin. So when I want to go to this nice place, you know what I considered yeah. nice, you ain't gotta watch your back. I was already just kind of like trained, you know. <laughs> I was already ready for anything, but nothing came. Right. So it was it was a different. It was very different for me. It's funny that you say that because this happened to you in Compton, correct? Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, a lot of people don't know this, and I really don't share this. But same thing happened to me. Mm. Same thing happened to me at Laura Street School in the city of Compton. Uh, my brothers, me, my, my uh, younger brother, were the only Mexicans in the whole school, really. Oh, wow. It was predominantly all black, and we used to always get picked on, beat up on, and all that shit, you know. So, yeah, it, 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 it kind of, like, uh, prepares you for life, in a sense, you know, because you're going to have to learn how to fucking fight. You're going to have to learn how to how to uh, uh, stand up for yourself sooner or later. Big time. You know, yeah. So now, you know, I got balls the size of an elephant. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So because that's part of your upbringing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're kind of used to it, you know. Yeah. But, and, then, um, and then after that, I went, I went to Southgate. Uh, and I uh, spent a lot of years in Southgate, too. Okay. So I had a mixed, I had a little mix being raised in different areas. But they were all in the same, same kind of zone, you know? Yeah. yeah. Everything's close to each other right there. It was pretty cool. You play any sports growing up? Yeah, I played a lot of basketball, man. A lot of street ball. Okay. In the parks. Okay. What about, um, you never dabbled in football, baseball, or nothing like that? Nah, my dad's side of the family, I think there's somebody that plays, um like, for, like, I don't know if it's pro, like, those Mexican pro leagues or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like, everybody in my dad's side plays baseball, but I don't really know them that much. I wasn't okay. raised with them. What about soccer? You a soccer guy? Um, I could play a little bit of FIFA, but not in real life. <laughs> What about uh, uh, boxing? You're a boxing fan. Boxing, yeah, man. Julio Cesar Chavez. I grew up on that back when they used to have the black boxes. Yeah, you know? yeah, of course. That's of course. I grew up watching that. I love boxing. Yeah, same here. I'm a huge, huge sports fan. Of course, football, baseball, basketball, boxing. Boxing used to be my number one sport, but and then when I just saw that it was so fucking obvious that boxers were getting ripped off, you know, yeah. they were getting robbed. I was just like, fuck this. What do you think about that? Look, that Mayweather. Um, what, what's that guy, the UFC guy, uh, McGregor uh, fight? Yeah. In my personal opinion, it seemed like uh, McGregor was holding back punches. Not taking nothing away from Mayweather, but it looked like when he was punching him, instead of punching, because I seen him punch how he really punches, right. like, like little taps, you yeah, know, like if was... they paid him to lose or something. Well, you know, there was probably there's probably more money in Mayweather than it was in this guy. This was more of an exhibition. Uh -huh. So... You know, they're not going to take a serious and of course it, it, it was entertainment, but I never thought that that dude was going to win, you know, and, and you saw him right away. And the only reason why he got knocked out, Mayweather knocks nobody out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Literally knocks nobody out. <laughs> this guy was just exhausted and, you know, that was it. It was over. Yeah. You know, but uh, I'll tell you one guy that I thought was in the whip Mayweather's ass and um, De La Hoya. De La Hoya made a living off of jabbing. Okay. If you go back and I challenge everyone. The first several rounds, De La Hoya had him at bay with the jab. Mm. After that, he let the jab go. Uh, Larry Merchant at the very end asked him, whatever happened to the jab? You were controlling him. Here's what he said. Now, keep in mind, this is what, what that sold-out bastard said. 
he said, well, tonight was not the night. I didn't see it as the night of the jab. Mm. <laughs> you made your whole career off of that damn jab, bro. Mm. And now all of a sudden, it wasn't the night of the fucking jab. <laughs> That's why I lost respect for Oscar de las Nalgas. <laughs> so, but yeah, bro, after that, I was like, fuck this dude. And that's when I saw boxing all going downhill, bro. Yeah. You know, but yeah. anyways, man. Hey, what type of music, bro, were you raised with, bro? Uh, I know you said uh, your mom. You yeah. raised with your mom. What was she playing? My mom's straight from Mexicali, man. Straight Mexican. She didn't have no English um, influence in her life. So a typical day in the house. Um... Pito Olivares, mm. Cumbias, uh, Banda Machos, uh, San Vicente Fernandez, straight Spanish music. And then when I turned like nine, mama made a transition to Christian music. Really? To like alabanzas and you know, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. She like left everything. She had like a life changing experience. She had a miscarriage at that. At, when mm. I was nine, she was trying to get pregnant with her husband. You know, and she tried really, really hard and, and they lost the baby, I think, at five months. Right. And it changed her, you know, it changed her life. She, okay. she saw it like as a, I guess, a sign, a calling or something. And, and then it turned to Christian music. Right, right. And uh, how did you like that music? Um, when I was young, when I was yeah, a kid, yeah. I didn't like it at all. <laughs> I thought it was like made me sleepy, you know, I thought really? it was like sleepy music. When I was a kid, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't appreciate it at all. Okay. The, the the other music, you know, it's cool. Now I'm like, yeah. And now I, I, I can hear something like that. I can hear some Mexican music, you know. Yeah. And I could, I could appreciate it. But when I was a kid, all I wanted to hear was well, the Musica del Diablo. Musica <laughs> According del to Diablo, her. Of course. You know. That's good music. That's all I that's wanted to so. hear. <laughs> all I wanted to hear was she was like, I know. It's no pongas eso. And yeah. I started, I just got into hip hop. Did she ever drag you to church? Yeah, man. My whole, my, when I was, since from, before that and on, she was always dragging me to church. And I was the worst guy in the church. According to all the people that, <laughs> I was the one that they would tell their kids, don't hang around him. No, no. And they would get, their kids would get in trouble. I was a troublemaker. I would sneak out of church. They had these things, these people called ushers. Yeah. They would have micro, they would have little um, walkie talkies. I go pal baño because I want to go, and then I would jump out the window, and then I'll have three little bad kids with me, and we'll all go out and break windows, yeah. walk around the neighborhood, and come back and get in trouble. Yeah, and it was fun. <laughs> that's how that's how I was when I was a little kid. You ever meet a church girl? I married a church girl. For reals? Yeah, I married a church girl. That's a good thing. Yeah, it's, it's better than marrying a hood rat. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I got married to one. I met one. I got married to one. You know what? One of the greatest decisions that a man can make, men and women, okay, is who you marry. One of the greatest decisions because that will either make you or break you, bro. Yeah. And no. believe me, I know a bunch of broken ass fools that, uh, you know, uh, she's not gonna, this bitch is fine, homeboy. <laughs> yeah, but everybody done, you know, smacked <laughs> them cheeks already, homeboy. Now, nah, now nah, I'm gonna change her. Yeah, man, that's, I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand, you know. Yeah. I've experienced it firsthand. You know, my days, but yeah, I, I straightened up, I, you know, I, I got my life in order at, at, uh, at like 21 years of age and, you know, I got, I got lucky. That's good, man. That's a good yeah. thing. I, you know what? That's a blessing. Big time, man. That's a big blessing for me. Yeah. I was messing up my life. <laughs> yeah. And you're already ahead of the game. Yeah. You know, you got, you got a lot of these guys that are from club to club, to club, to club, to club, you know, talking about, I got this girl, I got this girl. <laughs> find you a girl you can build with yeah man that's so, true okay so now uh growing up you play any instruments at all you know what in sixth grade in a uh, middle school 
<laughs> I had like a, the worst band teacher, which you would call them, right? And um, I got the trombone. The that's, trombone. that's what they gave me, the trombone. Damn. But he didn't teach us how to play. He didn't teach me. I didn't learn nothing. I just had to, I carried it home and back for, for a week, and then I left it in the classroom and never took it again, you know? You, don't still, you, you still don't know how to play it? I still don't know how to play it. I never learned how to play any instruments. The trombone, is that the... That's what whatever it's like burp, 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 yeah burp, yeah burp, there burp, we burp. go that's that banda shit too yeah that's that yeah. one fuck damn it's better than playing the charcheta you know that <laughs> pup, 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 pup. that's all that's all in every spanish song pup, pup. hey i want to hire you to play the pup, pup. That's, <laughs> that's what they call it yeah the charcheta <laughs> the trombone burp. that's like the bass almost huh? it's almost like a bass yeah, yeah. but i never learned you know nobody could have made it big in banda you never I know i could have man i could have been the next <laughs> The new member of Los Wookies or something? Exactly, bro. Never know. Exactly. So, at what age would you say you were introduced to hip hop, man? Introduced to hip hop. Um, Do you still remember like what you heard? Who it was? E Easy E, Boys in the Hood. I, that's I think that's that's where I got introduced to it. The Forbidden Fruit, right there. You know. So, yeah, yeah. La Música uh, del Diablo. It was actually a guy from church. As a matter of fact, it was mm. it was um the devil goes to church. It was Lino, some guy named Lino. You know, he was cool. He was he was cool. He, he was a uh, his mom used to drag him to church. He was one of the cholitos from from around. You know, God loves cholitos. And then and then bam, he he, he was like bumping something. I was like, damn man, what's that? That sounds cool. And he, I was just a little kid. He was like, oh, this is easy. E. He goes, I'm gonna make you a tape. I go, yeah, make give me a tape. He made me a tape. He brought it. And then I would bump it at home when my mom wasn't home. When my mom would walk in, she would, where's that tape? I bet. let me hear if I hear any bad words. I'm going to give it five seconds, ten oh, seconds. No, no, no. Bleep. She's like, nope, I don't want you hearing this. So I would have to bleep the bad words out, you know, as yeah. a kid. But, yeah, it was it was tough, man. It was tough. <laughs> I come from the days where you had a tape. When the radio was playing, you, you push record on the song you like, yeah. and you stop it when it's over, but you still get the DJ screaming, yeah, yeah, part 106. You, you still get them screaming, but right. you just, that, I come from those days, man. Okay. Uh, um, growing up, who were some of your favorite rappers as a kid growing up? Hmm. As a kid growing up? I know you mentioned Easy. I don't know if he was one of them. Yeah, Easy. Okay. Um, some that were probably not that um, to brag about, like, I, I used to like Coolio. Okay. Like Gangsters Paradise, yeah. you know, all that. I, I like that. I was, that was probably my first CD I actually bought was the Coolio CD. Mm -hmm. um, Ice Cube, you know, I grew up hearing a lot of Ice Cube. You know, my sister got me into a lot of music, too. I had an older sister, 14 years older than me. So she, she kind of introduced me to, like, Ice Cube and that. Yeah, I think it was it was like Eazy-E, Ice Cube, Coolio. I think those were the ones. Okay, now today I'm gonna ask you the same question I asked Zapata. Okay, um, from any time from when you from when you can remember hip hop till now, give me your five best West Coast albums or 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 artists or artists. Um, Tupac was of course always number one. You know, here in the West Coast, big influence. You know, in life. Especially growing up the way you grew up, feeling like everything's against you, just hearing him talk about it. Right. And then uh, he talks about he didn't have a pops either. And, right. you know, that really uh, resonated with me, identified with it. Also, um, I want to say Ice Cube, right. Corrupt, Exhibit, because he was lyrical, man. He was like one of those West Coast guys that was actually like, you know, he was spitting. Right. Okay. Yeah, and then you know everybody listened to the to the chronics, bro. Of course. <laughs> Both of them, of you know. So yeah. 
What about uh, now East Coast? You ever listen to or you a fan of any East Coast rappers? Yeah, I think I'm. I'm I think I, I love East Coast music, man. Yeah. Like I like Jada Kiss. Okay. You know I like that kind of stuff. Uh, right now those Griselda guys like Benny the Butcher, Conway. Um, they also they, they actually got a Mexican guy, man, in really? Texas. Yeah. Okay. And and his name is Vino. There's not a lot a lot of light being shed on him yet. Right. It's like if they're kind of saving him or something. Right. But I think for the, their group, like I, Conway and Benny the Butcher, probably like the dopest ones. And then after they have a lot of artists, but I think right. that guy is like. If they bring him out, he's going to, I feel like he's going to outshine a lot of other talent that they have, unfortunately, but he's dope. I got to give him his props. And he said he's from Texas? He's from Texas, man. Okay. So we're talking about Texas. What do you think about guys, if you know who they are? Little Vent? Little Vent? Yeah. I think that's his name, isn't it? Little Vent? I have no idea. Okay. He, he just did a song dissing another rapper named Peso Peso. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of him? Uh, I heard of him. I heard of him. Any good? I don't really listen to that kind of music, to be honest. Um... I don't. I only listen to music that like, like Jada Kiss, like that okay. kind of stuff. Um, good Wu Tang, like good stuff with substance. You know, I'm not saying right. the other guys don't. I wouldn't know. You know, if it's, I won't. I'll change the song. Or if I hear like auto tune, I'll probably change the song. If it if it sounds like every other song that is on right now, I'll change the song. Right. You know, I don't right. listen to the radio ever because I don't want to hear the same ten songs over and over again. Yeah. It's yeah. not my thing, you know? And that's pretty much what it is, what's on the radio today. It's those same old songs. Yeah. You know? Um, but um, now speaking about radio, do you listen to radio? I don't listen to the radio. There's nothing on that I want to hear. Yeah. Unfortunately, man. Do, do you ever think, knowing that now we have platforms like this, we have, you know, uh, all platforms, whether it be iTunes, uh, um, what is it? Um, the... Sound iTunes, Cloud, SoundCloud, Spotify. Uh, Spotify. Yeah. Do you ever think that there's going to come a time where radio dies out? Uh, man, I mean, for me, it died out. I don't listen to it at all. And anybody that I know doesn't listen to it at all. You know, maybe my wife, but she likes that bubblegum music, you know? She's right. like, she doesn't she doesn't like that. that you know? The good stuff that we listen yeah, to. Yeah, she just listens to whatever sounds catchy, which okay. is what most people, a lot of people are. But, yeah. man, if somebody was to make a real... Like a radio station, like some kind of, you know, something that's more relatable, uh, more real and raw. I think it could knock everything off off its axis, man. I think right. it could change change a lot. Right. Would you consider yourself a Chicano rapper? A Chicano rapper? I'm a Chicano that raps. Um, if you compare my music to a Chicano rap, I don't think I fit in a lot. Okay. So a lot of people won't even uh, identify me as that. And some people have. Because I've made songs with people that are in Chicano rap, so, you know, some people that, that are legends and stuff like that. So people have thrown me in there and it, I take no offense. Right. Like, who, who am I to say, oh, I don't, <laughs> I don't care. Like, I make music, you know, I'm an artist, I do hip hop. But if you want to call me Chicano rap, call me that. If you want to call me um, underground, hip hop, whatever, you can call me whatever you want. What, what, you know? what would you consider yourself? Me? Uh, I make hip hop music. Okay. I'm more, yeah, I'm more raw, more like underground. But, but you know what? Not to take anything away from Chicano rap. Yeah. Because if you hear people, a lot of, very few people in Chicano rap, there are some people that are like out there that are not following the, the cookie cutter system. There are some people out there that you're, you're very impressive. You go, oh, that's not the usual. That's right. different. That that doesn't sound like everybody else. So it exists, you know? Okay. Okay. That's dope, man. Um, me, my boy John, were listening to your music, and uh, we 
pretty much put the same way you do. Like you don't fit into that. Yes. The I'm not gonna say the bad thing because people have gotten upset with me in the past because I, I asked this question. Mm -hmm. uh, um, is it a good thing to be under the umbrella of Chicano rap? Is uh, that a good thing? Let, let me elaborate a little bit more because some people, mm -hmm. okay, and I'm only saying what other people have said, right. okay, that I don't want to be thrown under the umbrella of Chicano rap because right away, because I'm Mexican or because you're just a Latino right. and they see you rapping, oh, Chicano rap. Right. So is that really a good thing? Like a good thing, I guess. Well, it depends how you look at it, you yeah. know. Um, if you're looking at it from potential Chicano rap music consumers, yeah, yeah put me under that umbrella because I, I, can, I can use more fans. Yeah. I can use more listeners, right? Mm -hmm. Put me under that if you want to. But if it's the outside looking at me like that and they say, I'm not going to give you a chance because you're Chicano, Right. then I don't agree with that. I don't think that's um, right or fair if it's that way. And I know? think most people have been treated just like that, what you just said right now. You know, uh, growing up, I knew whether there were Mexicans or just Latinos in general, you know, whether there were Salvadorian, Guatemalan from Peru or whatever. Um, many of them were treated unfairly because this is a predominantly, you know, black industry. And mm. we get that and we respect that. But you know what? Us on the Latino side, we also have talent we want to showcase it. So yeah. growing up, guys like Frost, Lighter Shader Brown, they were never ever looked at as Chicanos or Latino rap. They were just artists. Right. In my opinion, this is just me. Um, I wish we can go back to that. Yeah. And not put anybody under any umbrella and just say he's a dope artist. Yeah. No, man. You I know? mean, I agree with that because it's not fair to the rest of us that, you know, spent a lot of time writing our rhymes to make them good, you know? I could write a verse. I could write a verse in two, five minutes right. of whatever. But there's some people that take. We, I take my time to write mm -hmm. my rhymes to make sure I have punches in there, to make sure I have metaphors in there, to make sure I have something that makes you stop and say, "This is dope. This is different." And like, and it's probably it's not fair if someone says I'm not even gonna give him a listen or give him a chance because wow. he's Mexican, because he's Chicano, you know? Because I already know what he's gonna sound like. Yeah, I think that's that's wrong. That's gonna hold, if we continue to do that, it's just gonna hold us back right. and hold us right. back. See, and that's people from the outside looking in, yeah. they'll just say what, what you just said right now. Oh, he's Chicano, I already know what he's gonna be yeah. rapping about. And I think, again, and I know a bunch of Chicano rappers, and they love to be called Chicano rap. And I'm all for that. That's cool. Good. That's what you do. Okay. That's how you make your money. It's how you make a living. You're proud of that. But I just like to let people see it from a different perspective that many times that just because we are Chicanos, you know, like I've already been labeled as Chicano podcast. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. I, I was never considered a Chicano DJ, a Chicano producer, but now you're just a Chicano podcast, whatever it, it you know, doesn't pay me. I, I don't care. Right. But, um, but many times when you're a rapper and somebody from the outside looking in, oh, I already know what it's going to sound like. Yeah. That's the part that I don't like. <laughs> but you know what? I feel like I feel like I can make a big difference. I feel like um, I know everybody thinks they're going to be the next big thing. Everybody okay. thinks nobody thinks they're garbage. Right. Right. But I feel like I can be the exception. I feel like I could um, make a transition, a change uh -huh. to where they could look at it differently because okay. I feel like my style is so different right that right. people could actually be like that you know what this is real this is different right he is rapping like this he isn't rapping that way you know this is different i feel like i could be that person man okay not trying to sound cocky or anything like that 
Mm-hmm. But I feel like I could do that. That'll work. And I'm glad. Put it this way. That's good that you believe in yourself, you know. It's like a boxer is not going to train to lose. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he's not going to train. I know I'm going to lose, but I'll just train. Any- no, you are pretty much paying dues to win. Yeah. You know, and that's what I like to encourage, you know, whether you're a Chicano rapper or anybody, you know, do it because you love it and give it your all. Yeah. You know, give it your all. Uh, today, you have a lot of guys that, and I'm just going to be honest, shouldn't be rapping. Right. Absolutely, man. You know, and... Now, somebody may say, well, Tony, who are you not to discourage you? I'm not trying to discourage you. But here's my thing. If you're going to dream, dream big. Right, right. But if you're going to dream big, at least have some talent to back up that damn dream. <laughs> you know? Yeah, man. So, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm just yapping. I'm not, I'm not a rapper, so I can talk like that. So, <laughs> so you could actually say those things. <laughs> well, because maybe if you say it from a rapper's perspective, oh, that dude's just hating. Oh, he thinks he's, he's better. A, he's just a hater. That's all it is. But your friends are thinking the same thing. Your friends are, are saying it behind your back. Right. Um, your people. Are, and it's, it's messed up when you don't tell your friend, when you don't tell an artist, hey, you know what, man? Just practice more. You know, right. hey, fix this, fix that. Give him the constructive criticism he needs. Right. Me too. If I need to fix something, tell me. Like, I'm all for it, man. And we should, we shouldn't be lying to people. We shouldn't bust a, ah, I look fat. You know, because sometimes artists are like that, are like the gordita that says, I look so fat. So you could tell them, no, you don't. You're pretty. You look nice. You're beautiful. You know, sometimes the rappers approach their friends and their buddies before. I've had people that show me music and they say that. Oh, but you know what? I'm kind of, this is kind of whack. You know, I don't really want to show it to you. Like they're, they're trying to use that reverse psychology to get a compliment or something. Right. You know, right. and I just tell them the truth, man. And sometimes they don't want to hear it. And sometimes they appreciate it. And there's some artists that have gotten better from that. That's good. You know, we need to do that. We no, need to be no, honest. You're absolutely right. Uh, there's a dope rapper, friend of mine, shot me his album. Mm. I heard his first single. I thought it was fucking amazing. Oh, I'll wow. be real with you. I thought it was amazing. Wow. He took so long to release an album. So he finally shot it to me. This was a couple of months back. And uh, I heard the first song. And it sounded nothing like the style that he had on his first single. Mm. So I was like, okay. Go to the next one. I go to the next one. I go to the next one. And here's the first thing I said. What producer was this? Oh, I just bought a lot of them off of YouTube. And uh, mm. I just got $25 beats from whoever. <laughs> And I told him like this, don't put that album out, bro. Wow. I said, honestly, you're going to fuck up what you've already laid the foundation on over here. This song right here is fucking dope. Everybody sees your lyrical fucking skills here. This right here, bro, I throw that shit away. (laughs) I told him just like that. And he was like, for reals? And I go, bro, I'm not lying to you. Like, wrong choice of beats. The lyrics were good. Wrong choice of beats. You know, uh-huh. I didn't see any of them stand up more than the other. It was just straight linear. Just, and I was like, "Nah, you don't do that." And I bet you he appreciates that, man. Even though he might have got a little hurt about it, yeah. But when he went home, he's like, "Damn, I bet you he's gonna fix it." Yeah, I've yeah. gotten that tough love before. You know what? It helps you a lot. Well, you know what? He, he never put it out. So he said, "You know what? I'm gonna invest a little." Bit. I go invest in yourself, bro. That's awesome. Not just because it's fucking cheap. Invest in yourself. So, That's anyways, awesome. uh, we're gonna go ahead and take a break. We're gonna come right back, bro, and then uh, we're gonna talk about your your first recordings, what you release, what can people expect from you, and are you gonna be dropping anything out this year? So, so everybody, we're gonna go ahead and make this quick. Uh, make sure you go get yourself a drink, get your popcorn ready. We're gonna come back with precise eighty five in the motherfucking building. Ten minutes. Don't fuck around. Come back. 
Welcome back, everybody, to Rodion Radio, and this is the podcast that slaps your culture fat ass with a fat ass dick. When Rodion Radio is popping, the panties are dropping. If you don't believe me, ask your girl. <laughs> Precise85, how you doing? I'm doing great, Tony. You know what I was doing? I was reading the, one of the comments, and I usually don't read the comments. Right. Somebody said, Tony A is on a good one today. You know what it is? <laughs> I'm just fucking tired, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just fucking beat. I still work out five days a week, and uh, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. Uh-huh. But I get tired sometimes. So, but you're smooth, bro. You're smooth. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you. And earlier you were telling me that you were blessed to be here. Those words humble me, man. Yeah. Because I'm just one of many and many more people out there have a voice, have the resources, have the internet to do what I'm doing. Mm. Uh, I like to say I'm not doing anything special. Okay. Uh, if I do it, you can do it. We all have a voice. We need to use it. And we need to use it to uplift our raza, our culture, our people, because there's not enough platforms like this. Yeah, there isn't, man. And I I said I'm blessed because if I said every time I set out myself to do something, it seems to happen, man. And it's it's kind of scary at times, but it's just because I'm a blessed person, you know, that's That's all it is. And to you, it might be just another, you know, just let me get this artist in here, let me interview him. But to me, it could be the highlight of my month. You know, it could be like, man, I came out on Rhodium Radio and people probably go, oh, that that guy's lame or whatever. But hey, you you probably never heard of me before. You guys probably don't even know who I am. But now this will give me a little bit more exposure, you know? So to me, it's all great, man. And that's why we're here, to do just that. Yeah. To do just that, you know, and if people want to hate on that, it, it speaks volume about them. Mm. But you know what the funny thing is, like what your boy was saying, they're still here and they're still watching <laughs> and they're still commenting. So obviously there's a form of entertainment for them. Haters are fans, you know? Of course. Of course. <laughs> low key. Okay. Low key, secret fans. Uh, uh, fucking secret lovers. Yeah. <laughs> Admirers from afar. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, shit, I forgot what the fuck I was going to ask you. Um, shit. Oh, you had brought something. Yeah, yeah, man. You know, I see I see this on the day. I'm like, man, I need to bring up something too. You know, I'm that that's the kind of house guest I am. You invite me for a barbecue, I'm gonna bring something for you, man. That'll work, man. So that'll work. I got you a paid in full hat. Hell yeah, because I'm know? paid in full. You know, you paid in full, you paid, paid in full, full Tony. I brought you um my life novel two C D. That'll work. And then I brought you something for you, bro. Something you I'm hoping you're gonna like. I don't know if this is you know, something oh, yeah, that yeah, you yeah, might like. Oh, the Mandalorian. Yeah, so I'm thinking, you oh, know, I, see, I saw the Star Wars stuff. I'm hoping that you like it. It fits in here. No, no, I'm going to go ahead. Uh, it'll be, what's today, Sunday? It'll be here in here Wednesday. I'll That's have it up there. I'm glad. Everybody, the Mandalorian, this shit is dope. It's dope. I'm going to have, give you my word. I'm going to put the motherfucker like right here somewhere. That's what's okay. up. Uh, um, I'm going to go inside and play with it for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll, you know. I'll put, I'll put it up. You, you got to play with it. I'm just a big-ass kid, homie. Man, my mom threw away all my toys when I was probably uh, 14, 15 out of nowhere. And okay. I used to... I don't know who del diablo. I had, I had, to, I had some, some toys that were dope, bro. Really? I had, like, the Iron Man, the Spider-Man, the G.I. Joes. He-Man? Like, nah, you know what? I, I missed the He-Man from 85. Okay. So I missed the He-Man, man. Oh, dude, I used to have... Well, me and my brother, he had more. He had the He-Mans. He had the 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 GI Joes, all the Star Wars shit. Mm. You know, me, I had a very little, but now as as an older cat, I collect stuff. I collect Halloween masks, I collect toys, I collect souvenirs. You know, whatever you find antique stores. I see the spooky stuff right here, man. Yeah, I love spooky. For me, Halloween's like every day, bro. 
That's what's up. <laughs> I like spooky girls. <laughs> Anyways, man. Uh, uh, so now, at what point, bro, in your life, would you say you decided to take rap serious or you started to dabble in writing mm. music? I was, I think I was 12 years old. I was in junior high. I was in Mr. Birch's class. Damn. I remember it, man. I, I was I was writing this song called Pimp for Life. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's funny. And I, I wrote a whole song with a chorus, verses. Like, I don't know where I even learned that from. Nobody taught me that, you know? Just from hearing music, the way it's formatted. Right. And my brain captured it, put it on a paper. And, you know, for I don't know why this teacher decided to say, hey, what's that? Because I was a troublemaker, a big mouth, the class clown, I think, you know? Right. So he reads it. And it has bad words and it has all kinds. And they, he looks at me, he sends me to the principal's office. And it's a it's a woman principal, you know. And I remember um, going to the principal's office and she read it. Pimp for life, pimp for life. F having a wife, straight pimp for life. <laughs> she's reading and it. you were 12? Know? I was 12, yeah. And she's reading it and she's like, well, what, what compelled you to write this? She had a doctor's degree, you know. She, her name was Dr. Karen's. She had wow. a doctor's degree, and she was like, what compelled you to write this, Carlos? Um, you know, because you're using a lot of big words. And da, 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 da. she's like, these patterns are very good. And she was like giving me props, low-key, telling me, this is pretty impressive. This is poetic. He goes, but, but I have to suspend you. I was like... <laughs> I was like, you got to suspend me, but you said it's good. She goes, yeah, because look, you're rhyming the, the you're rhyming double rhymes and this and that. And I was, and she was naming this poetry stuff, and I didn't know nothing about it. I was just like, and I got suspended. Did, did, did she ever like call your mom, tell her what you were writing or anything? Or? Yeah, my mom picked me up. Man, I used to get suspended all the time. My mom used to beat me. She used to sock me when I, we were going in the car. She would bust one of these. Boom. Oh my way. For fighting every day, fighting and fighting. But this wasn't a fight. So I got a little slack on it, you know? Right, right. My mom right. said she would feel embarrassed when she would have to pick me up from fights. This, my mom was just kind of confused. Like, ¿qué estás haciendo? ¿Ahora estás haciendo la música del diablo? You know, it's funny that you say that because it reminds me of a story. I was in seventh grade and I liked this one girl and I told her that I liked her and she told me that I was ugly. I don't like you. So, you know what I did? I wrote her a letter because that's how we used to text message. Back oh, in the yeah. You know, write him a letter, you crumble it up and you throw it at him. Yeah. Okay. And I put, chinga tu madre, puta culera. That's what I crumbled <laughs> it up, threw it at her. That bitch gave it to the teacher. Oh, he stopped the class, took him to the dean's office, and the dean asked me, What is this? What does it say? And I said, Chinga tu madre, puta culera. And he goes, Okay. This motherfucker dialed my mom, tell her what you wrote. And I had to tell my mom, Mama, le dije, Chinga tu madre, puta culera. <laughs> I was like, fuck, I fucked up. So, uh, but that taught me not to do that again. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So that's what that reminded me of. Shit that, but my mom whipped my fucking ass so much. And every ass whooping that I got from my mom, I deserved. So I'm not one of these oh, kids that said, yeah, yeah. I was treated unfairly. You know, no. Yeah. I was the fucking devil, homie. So yeah, <laughs> I, had, I had it coming. Same here, man. I was horrible as a kid. I mean, even younger than, like, too young to be that bad. Yes. I was evil. Yes. Like, my mom tells me, bro. She said I was evil. I was evil. Like, if she tells me the stuff I used to do, she said that one time uh -huh. my grandpa was holding my little brother walking down some stairs, and I purposely put marbles on the oh, on the stairs. Like, I'm like, I did that? She goes, yeah, you did that. And then she goes, one time your grandpa was sleeping, 
and you went over there, you put needles in his in his shoes, and you went over there, you oh, fuck. spilled a cup of water on your grandpa. I'm like, why would I do that? I don't remember doing that. I'm like, right. I was I was a very bad kid. Like who who wants to diabetes poking yourself? You know, like who wants who wants to do that to somebody? Like, maybe I didn't like my grandpa. R.I.P. Right, Rest in right. peace. <laughs> okay, so you're 12 years old. You're writing. Yeah. Do you continue to write? No. After that, I don't know what happened. It took me like another... I, t I didn't write for a whole year. Okay. And then when I was 13, I was ditching school uh, for the first time, ditching school. And I remember I was in Taco Bell, sitting down in Taco Bell. It was raining outside. And we had the chronic 2001 instrumentals. Oh, hell yeah. And it was me and my boy, Richard. And I told him, you know what? I'm going to be a rapper. You just I, I just like decided. That. I decided that's what I'm going to be. That's what I want. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do it. I told him, I'm going to do it. And he goes, well, you know, he's my friend. So he's like, I'm going to be a rapper too. You know, I taught him how to play ball, you know. So, so whatever I wanted to be, he, he wanted to be that too. Yeah. So we, I started like, right. I wrote on my block. Well, it was like my first rhyme. And then I remember we went to this guy's house. We recorded it on a, a stereo. We, we had the beat playing. We pushed record, the play and record button and wrapping into it. And then other friends ditched and they came over and said, oh, hey, you guys heard this new song? And I pushed play and they heard it and they liked it. I said, who's that? I go, that's me. And they were like, what? Like, yeah, that's me. And they pumped me up because they liked it. No you know? shit. Now, 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 what were you rapping to? What, what? It was um the mur murder, murder one. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. The Michael Myers um flip that they did. Hell yeah. That one, man. I was rapping to that. And the response was good. And the response was real good. So I was like, you know what? I just I, it motivated me, and I and I stayed on it, and I just kept writing and writing and writing, and then all of a sudden I became a battle rapper. Like I just started freestyling. Like I I, I had to learn to freestyle. So I would walk around school with a recorder, with a tape in there, both sides filled with beats. And I would push play and I would sit, I would sit outside. First, I would walk home every day rapping and everywhere around, rapping, rapping, rapping. That's all I wanted to do because I wanted to become a good freestyler. Yeah. So I did it till I became a good freestyler. Then I got better. And then I would sit in lunch and I would push play and I would just be there and I'll be, people will be passing by. Oh, no, no, look at this girl, da, 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 and I'll just start freestyling, and then people would just crowd around me like a fight was going on, and they'll be like, oh, and I'll just, and I'll be like, give me words, give me words, and they'll try to give you hard words, you can't rhyme, you know, that we try to trick you, throw orange, and, you know, you still, I'll still, I'll be rhyming and rapping for the whole lunchtime, the whole break, anything, after school, then I started battling everybody around the school. No shit. I would, I would somebody would tell me they rap, it was like, it was almost like what you like what gangbangers do, you know? Yeah. Like gangsters yeah. go up, to, hey, where you from? Hey, I heard you, you know. So I would right. say, I heard you rap. They're like, yeah. I go, what's up? Let's battle. <laughs> it was funny. They they would start battling, and I was beating everybody in school. They had to get people from other schools to come battle me. No shit. And I I really I I got into that art, but it helped me um to write songs too because. I became more creative, you know, and okay. I would I would have rhymes ready or punchlines ready. I was a okay. punchline kind of guy because I like the I learned how to write punchlines because of battling because you want to get a response. You don't want to be like, oh, walking through the block, feeling hot with the Glock. Don't stop, man. You get pop undercover cop. Blah, blah. You don't. Nobody wants to hear that. People want to hear the um, I'll rip your dome fast, cut off your feet and give them to you here. Kick your own ass. 
Like they want to hear the punch, and they're like, yeah. "Oh, they like, man, you're lucky to be alive. You rap the way that Chinese people drive. Oh, and they just want to hear that punch." So then I started developing punchlines, and then people fell in love with that. They were like, "Man, I like Carlos's rap. I like Precise's rap because he uses punchlines." And and they'll start naming them, and they'll remember them. Be like, "Man, I got it." Like I just started putting that in all my verses and all my rhymes, and that's how that's how I developed my style. That shit is dope, bro. That shit is dope. Fuck. That shit is nice. I'm not a rapper. I never try to rap. The only thing I rap is probably tamales and presents. Mm, mm. That's, that's all I do. So don't ever expect a rap from me. <laughs> um, but yeah, that shit, that shit is fucking hard, bro. Um, damn. That was nice, bro. Now, we, would you say that writing is easier or freestyling is easier for you? Freestyling is easy because you just like... But... If you're talking about making a song, yeah, you have to write. Like I went through that already, that phase of freestyling every song. I've been there already. Where you think you're 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 Jay Z, you think you're a Biggie, and you go in the booth and you freestyle everything you say. Right. And but then, you know, you take away from the perfectionist part of it. I'm a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. So if I, I write a verse, it could take me two weeks to write one verse. It could take me five hours. It could take me 20 minutes, depending on how the creative juices are flowing. Yeah. So it's easier to freestyle, 100%, 100,000%. Freestyling doesn't take no effort, but it's not going to be top quality. You know, right, okay. I could I can make an album, a freestyle album, but it's not going to be the best quality I can give you. Right. So writing right. is where, where the best is going to come out, you know? You being a freestylist, bro, and being good at it, can you tell if somebody's repeating lyrics that they've already written and it's not a freestyle? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, big time. You could tell because it's so good, you know? When somebody's freestyling, it can't be flawless all the time. There are some yeah. amazing freestylers out there, but you don't know, like Supernatural. There's a guy named Supernatural. He's uh -huh. an amazing freestyler. You know, you could tell he's freestyling because it's not, it's not perfect. You know, very few people in this world could freestyle perfect. You know, what you call like, whoa, there's no flaw. There's no nothing. It's just, you know, you can tell when it's written because it's so flawlessly flows. You know, there's right. even the breaths. Everything is so on point. They're out there, you know, but right. you can tell. Okay. Now, um, when you went from rapping to these instrumentals, how soon after that did you start like, saying, you know what, I, I, I'm going to give me a producer or I'm going to produce my own beats or where did those beats come from now that when you started uh, putting something together for yourself? Cause, or or how did you just continuously rap off of other people's stuff? I rapped off other people's stuff for so long. You know, I never had nobody to school me. I, okay. I never had no big homies. I was the big homie in a way, you know. Okay. I've always been the leader of my people, like my, my circle. I've always been like a leader. So I never really got a lot of that you know um but eventually eventually you have to get embarrassed <laughs> explain that <laughs> eventually you gotta think you're dope you know you like, oh man you got your head high you're so proud but then somebody points it out and you feel like so little because <laughs> every rapper if you if he's dope or if he thinks he's dope he's cocky he has that, that confidence but oh. When, when somebody exposes you for something real, something true like that, like not having beats that are 100% yours, you know, it, it's kind of embarrassing, man. You're rapping on something and then there's a tag, five, five, five beats, 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 five, five, five beats. And you're just like, somebody points that out, you're like, I never knew that I was looking like such an idiot. 
right. and somebody had to embarrass me one day you know and i just like felt ashamed of my, and i said like, what am i doing man you know how much weed i've bought in, in my whole lifetime that's like a hundred thousand beats of weed yeah. you know i was like you know how much money I've, i put in this and that that doesn't even do nothing for me I was like, bro, I should invest. And then I learned to invest in myself, you know. Uh, I got linked up with a super dope producer. But Osai Blaze, he makes beats. Yeah. He's he's made beats for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, I got lucky to, to stumble into him, actually, man. Okay. Uh, I got lucky to stumble into him when I went to the studio. So met, it's all original stuff now? All original beats now. Everything now, man. I, I It just, I happened to run into Osai Blaze and he put me on point, man. He made beats for me and I used to lease beats too. You know, mm -hmm. I thought that was an accomplishment. That's how, that's how dumb and ignorant I was that I thought leasing a beat. Oh, I'm going to get the, I'm not going to get the basic lease. I'm going to get the one that costs and not 25 bucks. I'm going to get the $35 one. Cause it's a wave. <laughs> wow. And then you notice when you release your song and then oh, somebody else owns it. Somebody else is getting the money from it. Yeah. Somebody else is getting paid. Somebody else's name is on it. And then you go, why then i was just so ignorant to all that yeah. you know i had to learn i mean growing up i never went to big boy studios i didn't mm -hmm. have that luxury i had my boy hoodlum who would, would make a studio in his house from a computer and however we could we'll record but i can't listen to those old songs that i did before that make me cringe because because yeah. you know it, it wasn't the best quality now yeah. I can't put anything out if it's not top, the best right. quality I can give people. If I don't have an engineer engineering it, I learned how to engineer my own stuff. No, no now, sure. so I got an in-home, I got an in-house producer now. I mess with a few producers, Mech One, Osai Blaze. You know, I mess with a few producers. Okay, and that's the only way I get my beats now. Okay, so now you release your first single, let's just say with your original music. Okay. Yes. Okay. What was the response from that? I had a lot of positivity. Yeah? Yeah, a lot of positivity. Like, it's, it's kind of crazy. Mm, people okay. telling me they're feeling it. People telling me that they want more. People telling me to keep, like, pushing me, egging me on. Mm -hmm. You know, I got a lot of a lot of positive responses. That's good, man. Yeah. That's a good thing. Uh, so now, I know you've had features with certain people. Uh, yeah. I know one of the videos I've seen, you had actually had Anamines on it. Yeah. Uh, he was one. Can you give a... Uh, uh, like the public, some of the features, some of the people that you've done uh, songs with? Yeah, um, I've done songs with Mr. Shadow. I, I did a song with him called Mob Boss. It's on Spotify, you mm -hmm. know. Um, I did a song with Crooked Eye. Uh, you know, he's dope. Both of them are so dope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Th those were like some of those, oh, I wish I can get a feature with them. And it ended up happening, you know. I did a song with um, Seldom Seen. Mm -hmm. You know, all those guys are like, Really good lyricist. I did one with any means. Um, I got one with King Little G coming out, uh, a music video and, and a song. That one's that one's already done, but it's um got to give me maybe another month for it to release. Okay. Um. Man, I can't think of. I I I done songs with my boy Ice Mask Grill, um, Osai Blaze, Hoodlum O2. I think they're they're all dope. You know, I think they're really talented. People are gonna know about them. Um, They're very who, slept on. Who are some of the people that, like, if you, Tone, this is who I want to work with. I wish I could do a song with this guy. I wish I could do a song with that person. Is there anybody out there right now? And they'll make it, somebody will make it happen? Uh, hopefully. If I had that, if I had that in, in the palm of my hand, I would do a song with Jada Kiss, um, for sure. Because, you know, I, look, I would do a song with Nas, man, for sure. Yeah. Um, J. Cole, you know. 
Um, I would do a song with Eminem, the old Eminem. Okay, explain Marshall that. Mathers LP Eminem. Okay, you know what, what, what's wrong? Well, I don't want to use the word wrong, but what's different? What's different for from? I love Eminem. I feel like I'm I'm messing up right now dissing him. <laughs> I'm not even dissing him, but I'm just saying what the Eminem that I hear now. Yeah, is super quick. Like I don't know. I guess all Eminem fans that grew up in my era, yeah, in my age, you know. We, we were used to the, the other Eminem, that he didn't always rap the same. He did different kind of rhymes. He didn't have to rap fast to impress you. He could rap at a no, normal pace. I like, sit back hi. with this pack of zigzags and this bag of this weed that just gives me, you know? Like, he could he could do that, and then he could do something else, but he doesn't have to go 100 miles an hour. Okay. And now I feel like every song, I feel like um, he's trying to show people he can rap faster than them. Okay. And, and crunch more words than they can. And, you know, hmm. I missed the, I missed the, the, the old him. I feel like it was more creative. Okay. Uh, I, and I know what you mean by that, because as a producer, I missed the old Dr. Dre. I didn't like the Dr. Dre of that uh, album that he released for the uh, Compton. Mm. I, think it, I think it was called Compton. Compton, yeah. I didn't like that shit, bro. Yeah. I, I like, thought I was the only one, man. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Is, like, honestly, back in the day, we used to have a thing called, we used to fling CDs. We used to bump that motherfucker in our car, skip, 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 fuck that, take that motherfucker out, fling that motherfucker. <laughs> Seriously, on the freeway, on the street, fling that motherfucker. <laughs> you know? Set it off. Yeah, so <laughs> when I got that one, I flung that motherfucker. I thought, wow. I didn't like that shit. Now, I know it's Dre, and I know it had all these, you know, Kendrick, I know it had, you know, uh -huh. Coleman 87, all these other guys, but I didn't like that shit, bro. But I think I'm, he switched writers, man. I think. Maybe, but even the, I'm talking about production, bro. Mm. Like, I just was not. The beats. Yeah, I was not feeling that, bro. Um, of course, I like the first chronic. I like the second chronic. I, call, I like the Snoop, the Dog Pound. Yeah. All that shit, bro. Amazing. You know? Amazing. But this one, I was just like, what the fuck? I don't know what happened. Even those unreleased like detox songs, mm -hmm. like they were dope. Yeah, like, he should have just released those. Right, right. No, you're you're right. But you're sometimes right. Um, artists uh, want to keep up with what I don't. I'm not saying that's what he did, but they want to keep up with what's hot right now. Right. And, and you didn't fall in love with them because of that. Right. You fell in love with them because of that. The, what right. they were doing being original right and, and i know that we're never going to be able to please anyone because some, somebody could say do some of that chronic shit and then other people would hear it and say no no he needs to come up with some mm. some new stuff yeah so there's got to be a fine line when yeah. you're a producer or when you're a rapper yeah. you know uh i've known producers that have told me you know platinum producers i don't give a fuck if you like it or not i'm releasing it because i like it and i'm like no dude like <laughs> you got to give the people what they want you know, yeah. that that wasn't the mentality that you had when you first came out, you know, but, you know, but oh, well, man. Um, so um, t tell us a little bit more about the songs that you've had out that you've gotten great responses from, bro. Yeah, I mean, you know? I've gotten a lot of good responses for the one I did with Crooked Eye. Street okay. Poets. I, a lot of people like that one. They like the video. Uh, LA Icon did that video for me. Okay. It came out really dope. And that's on YouTube, correct? And that's on YouTube. Yeah, you can find it on Spotify. It's everywhere. Uh, okay. Everywhere you can find it. Um, a lot. Of, I got a lot of good responses from a, a song I, I did called Methamphetamine. Okay. Yeah, I had did a song called Methamphetamine, and a lot of people were liking it because I was giving them people a perspective, you know, of a drug addict. 
okay. you know, of, of what it was to be a drug addict. Because uh, once upon a time, I did I did get into drugs in my youth, you know, when mm. I was very young. I'm talking about before 21, you know. When mm. I turned 21, I stopped. I don't smoke weed. I don't do nothing from 21 and on. I'm 35 now. Yeah, I asked so, you for a beer. You go, I don't drink. Yeah, so it's been a lot. It's been, what, 15, 16 years, something like that. And but I feel for those people because I have I know people that were doing drugs with me at that time when I was on drugs and they're lost, man. I got I got friends that are not my friends no more. They're unrecognizable. They're living cars. They um, their lives are destroyed. Um, people that live in a bush yeah. on, on Tweety, you know, people that they lost their family, their kids, they lost everything. And I was I could have been one of them. I was there with them well, at the time. And, you know, a lot of people, um, they're, they're going to say they're, they're not going to like this right now. You know, they're going to be like, oh, you know, automatically thumbs down to this guy because he's done drugs before. But you know what? A lot of you guys, a lot of people that are, that, that are watching this have messed with Tweak before. They have messed with drugs before. They have messed with Coke. They have messed with a lot of things. They won't admit it, you know? I'm not here to, I don't want to impress nobody, you know? Right, right, right. And say, I'm trying to impress you. No, it's, but it's reality. I was there and I had made a song to help people. And I had got so much like responses that even made me tear up, made me cry. I had a, a, a young lady message me on Instagram, on, on a DM and tell me, you know what? You changed my life. It's been two years and I've been sober and I got my kids back. She told me because of that song. Wow. And I'm like, whoa. And people, a lot of, a lot of those kind of responses, like, you know what, because of you, I'm trying now to get better. You know, and, and it's something I want to ask you. Um, did that start off like messing around with, you know, I don't know what you were doing, crack? Or... I, I was, I was uh, smoking meth before. Okay, meth. Did that start just like as a casual high? Like, let's just, let's just try it out, you know? How did that shit start off for you that you ended up getting, you know? Well, I was, I started because I, I was um, messing around with Coke before. Okay. Right. When I was in high school, a little bit after messing around a little bit with Coke. And then all of a sudden, my, my guy who, who sells it to me, he got a flat tire and I used to smoke weed every single day of my life, all day. Right. You, you, I'm talking about all day. I would, I would stay high, you know? So the Coke was just like an extra. But okay. weed was for like all day. So this um this guy who his his tire got flat, I was like, oh yeah, I want to help him. You know, I want to help him go fix his tire so he could smoke me out. He can give me some free weed. <laughs> you know, that's that was a, a mentality. I was a fiend. That's a fiend mentality. That's very the lowest of the lowest. That's how we used to think. So me and my cousin, we went over there. We fixed his tire. Like this guy had like VIP service, bro. <laughs> right, He's right. sitting in his car. We're fixing his tire. He's like, yeah. And then all of a sudden, he gives us this bag of, of clear stuff. You know, it's not Coke. He says the same thing as Coke. You know, here, let me break it up for you. <laughs> Breaks it up, does, puts a line right there. And then we end up doing it. And um, that thing, he left a big old baggie with us. And it kind of just took me to way deep down. And I didn't, I didn't sleep for three days right there. And then three it, fucking days, three days, man. It took me down a real bad path. And, um, luckily, thank God that I was able to make it out. Thank God. At the, at the age of 21, I was able to get out of it completely and not, but not my cousin. Wow. And not, a, not a lot of people that, you know, Yeah. Were able they to never it made out. it out. And some of them, their, their life is full of regrets and all messed up. And I try to help them. 
Right. I try really, really try to help them. I want them to do good. But with that, it takes yeah. a hold of you and not, yeah. not many people make it out of it alive. Well, you know what? Thank God you made it out, bro. Yeah. Only thank God you made it out. And I, like you said, a lot of people don't make it out. But you know what? Thank God that I was never a part of that. That's good. You know, I I, I don't even like weed. People don't like me saying that because they, they're probably at home. You know, I don't give a <laughs> fuck about that, bro. I don't like fucking weed. I don't. I never even like the smell. So I'm thankful for that. I like drinking every once in a while. But as far as like weed, coke and all that shit, bro. Nunca me llamó la atención, bro. That's good, man. That's good. You know, maybe because I was too wrapped up in the music, you know, but I always saw people smoking weed. I used to walk into studios like this, bro. Oh, wow. I'm serious. Like, I hated the smell of it. I just hated it, bro. Wow. So, and uh, when I did try it, when I was a teenager, uh, both different times I had allergic reactions, you know. I, and I know when I, when I say this, people are going to chip up, but I actually threw up both times. Uh, um, I started getting you know, like scalofrios. Yeah. You know, I started getting the shivers. Uh, it, it slowed me down. I'm a naturally happy person. I'm like a happy person all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that shit was like, nah, bro. I don't. I don't want to be brought down. Uh, motherfuckers be getting so high they fucking fall asleep. Bro, sleep is free. You know, I don't need to buy shit. <laughs> I don't need to buy sleep. Yeah. So you know what's a big blessing in disguise because I could tell you when I was smoking weed every day I was always broke. Yeah. I never had money. I was a slave to that day. I was. I had to have it, and it's expensive, man. Especially in those days, it was they sold it to you per gram, twenty dollars a gram, yeah. twenty five a gram for the good stuff. So, I was always broke smoking weed, man. <laughs> okay, brother. So check this out. What do you have? Um, what do you have out now that people can listen to? Uh, are you on all major platforms? Yeah, I am. Okay, and on on YouTube as well. Yes, sir. Okay, guys, seen several of your videos. Uh, what can the the fans expect from you going forward from here on out? Um, going forward from here on out. Are you working on anything that you're possibly going to be releasing this year or possibly early next year? Yes. So you could find um, My Life Novel 1 and 2, right? That's that's some older stuff, Lionheart. Uh, but I'm going to be releasing my new album. It's going to be um, Narcos and Boom Bap. That's the title of, of the album. Narcos and Boom Bap. Yeah, that's the title of the album. That's going to be... Um, I'm going to have... 18 songs an intro and an outro i like to animate it put little stories in there make it you know yeah, memorable, like a little movie like a little movie that's dope man a lot of visuals i got a lot i got i i got a lot of visuals already i've already dropped most some of the album um i've dropped some songs already and as single form and videos just to keep people like hey i'm here you know yeah. but i have a lot of things that i'm tucking that i'm holding I'm up my sleeve right now that I don't want to release yet. Okay. You know, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for a big move that I'm making. Okay. And then I'm going to drop a lot of more content on people. Well, you know? you know, timing is everything, bro. So take your time. And when time presents itself, go ahead and hit them with it. You know, and whatever we can do here to help you promote it, push it or whatever, you know, let us know. Appreciate you know, it. I appreciate you coming. Uh, I know your Instagram has been popping up. And even on the description after this, uh, uh, videos loaded it'll be up there so when people want to know who it is all they gotta do is look on the description click on your instagram and there they can follow you or at least for future content you yeah know? i appreciate so, it anything else brother that you want to promote that you want to share anything i didn't ask you anything you didn't ask me yeah man you asked me a lot of good questions very good questions man I, there's nothing that i could think of that you didn't cover um but yeah be on the lookout for my album narcos and boom bap coming really soon if 
if not by the end of the year, beginning of next year. It's, it's very close. Um, I have, I'm 95% done, you know, but I'm a perfectionist. I'm going to have to go back and, and fix a lot of things over and over again till I'm completely satisfied. But yeah, be on the lookout for that. Yeah, and I really appreciate appreciate you having me here, brother. Oh, uh, you know what? You're very, very welcome. Last question before we get out of here. Where did Precise 85 come from? Precise. So Precise 85 was originally Precise. Okay. Um, I got the name from my boy Looney Tunes. That's his name. Uh, he's a he's a rapper, and we used to be. He he was like the dopest rapper in school. You know, sometimes rappers have a lot of. Um, they don't want to admit, <laughs> but right. I, I would admit he was like the dopest rapper in school. Right. He, he was super dope. He's he's the one that made me step it up because of him, the way he rapped. I I switched my style. I, I had to get make it better. Yeah. I heard him with the punchlines, and I was like, yeah. whoa, what is this? This guy's exciting. Right. So that made me step up my game, and, and then I started writing different. And he goes, damn, man, you're so precise with it. I'm going to call you precise. And my rap name was, man... I, like ricocheted or something like that you know and i was like you know what i like this name better so i kept i kept that name but then throughout the time now having a um, social media you look up precise and there's like 30 of them 40 there's too many right 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 and then people are like oh you're not the real precise there's this other precise oh and then there's other you know i was like man i'm just gonna put 85 because it's my birth year so nobody's gonna have that you know right and if right. they try it i already got it okay so that's yeah. what made me add the 85 to the name Okay. Precise because I, I try to be exact, right on point, right when I, I when I rap, you know what I'm talking about. It's very clear. You're not you're not confused. Good. It's precise. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, any shout outs? Yeah, I'd like to give a shout out to um, the Paid in Full Familia movement movement we got going on. Um, my boy Iceman Skrill. You guys be on the lookout for him. His, he's on my album. He got some music coming, videos coming, a lot of dope things coming. Um, Oside Blaze, he is the producer slash ridiculous rapper. He's you got to have him here. He's ridiculous, man. That guy's dope. And Hoodlum O2, he's dope too. That guy, if you need a hook, you need something platinum, that's your guy. <laughs> he got hooks on deck all day. And Mech One, you know, that's one of the producers from New York that I get beats from too. Yeah, you know. That'll and work. everybody else. If I didn't mention you, my bad. Andrew, Lil Boulevard, anybody, you know. Yeah. Shout out to everybody that's down with Paid in Full Familia. Dope, dope. Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to go ahead and make mine uh, quick. First of all, I want to thank you. And I also want to thank Sabata the Ghost for being here. Uh, and your boy. Got to give him a shout out. Yeah. Uh, um, For coming, bro. So thank you for coming and blessing with us with your story. I truly appreciate, once again, you coming out. So I'm going to make mine uh, quick because... Uh, I want to go eat. I'm fucking tired and hungry, okay? <laughs> so, anyways, I want to thank my boy John motherfucking Elkis for making this happen. Uh, without him, none of this will be possible. Um, he is, once again, um, the Steve Jobs of the city of Torrance. So, uh, hit him up uh, on John motherfucking Elkins. Um, Instagram. Yeah, on Instagram. You could DM him and he'll DM you back. Just don't DM him no bullshit. Only bitches, yeah, only <laughs> bitches. Only, no, no, no. Let me rephrase. Not girls. I'm not bitches. <laughs> Any beautiful Latina women that want to get with a gabacho, go ahead and hit him up. Okay, <laughs> he, 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 very nice guy. Okay. Did you say beautiful gabacho? Did I say beautiful gabacho? No, I said any beautiful uh, beautiful I women. Think, I don't think you said that. No, I didn't say no beautiful gabacho. <laughs> I said any beautiful women out there that want to get with a gabacho, you know, uh, go he's, ahead. And maybe he's up. feeling himself right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, other than that, um, DG DG Media Clips. Um, 
and I want to thank me real quick, okay? I want to thank everybody that's subscribed, that's watching, that's talking shit. You guys make this shit fun. Uh, uh, I wouldn't be shit without you guys, so let me just throw that out there. And if I didn't mention you, because I didn't really care to. So other than that, have a blessed night. We'll see you guys here Wednesday, okay? I'm out of here. I'm about to go eat.